Oi, you lot. You're listening to Hotjammer. Episode 254. On tonight's episode, the Munleys continue to talk about the Broken Realms and Marathi. And they told you all about the story. Now they're going to tell you how to bring it to the tabletop. Because that's what they do. One half this, one half that. You know, it's almost like one of them really loves the lore and one of them actually knows how to play the game. Shut it! I'm listening to me show. Welcome to the Garage Tools. For the next two hours or thereabouts, we'll do our best to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way, bringing you gaming in the broken realms, a whole lot of updated stuff, and get off our turf face hammer. I'm Alex Gonzalez. And I'm the referee, because I think shots were just fired. Holy mackerel. I, okay, I see what you're saying, though. Face Hammer did a lore episode. Yeah. What is this world coming to? That's actually a good one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I suppose I didn't I didn't realize they did it, and it's in the queue, and I was waiting for it, and I thought they just did two episodes, three and a half hours, just on the rules because that's all they ever do. Like I thought. I, I mean, it doesn't. I, I thought Russ's head would like. I thought he would bleed from the ears if he read the lore. But apparently, not only did they read the lore, but they did a show on it. Good for them. Good for them. Hey guys. Hey guys. Welcome to the fun side of gaming over here. Welcome to, <laughs> welcome to the casual gaming, serious fun side of gaming because that's just fantastic. I'm no. I'm glad. I'm going to listen to it now. I'm definitely going to listen to it no, because it was actually a very good um, listen. They did a fantastic job. Uh, I know they don't cover a lot of lore. But they actually did really well. Les and Russ did fantastic. Well, you knew Les was going to do great because he does. He's just Les is so cool. Um, Russ no, is too, well, but both Les, very cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, hey, I have I have an official Russ Veal autographed Adepticon army list. So, not too many <laughs> people can say that. Mm-hmm. I have one because they're cool. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm I, I was just shocked, and th- you know what? That's got to be a a testament to how good this this story is. That guys who never cover the lore were like, okay, we need to talk about this because it's good. I mean, I, I'm not saying they have never done a lore episode. Please don't start emailing. You know, actually, they did a lore episode in this time. I, I, that's great. I'm just that's not that's not their spiel. You know what I'm saying? So. Anyway. Yeah, they took a step outside their comfort zone to and, do something, and they did it well, from different. what I understand. So yeah, they did. So, all right. So, what's up next, Alex? Uh, we should probably take a moment to thank the sponsors of Garage Hammer, uh, which include Chaos Orc Super Soul, 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 Chaos Orc Super 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 Sorry, I'm just I'm. Just running with it. I'm going to do a whole theme song at some point. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios for all your MDF basing needs and um, other cool stuff. I just, ugh. yeah, I was gushing about them last episode when, uh, so uh, we're good right now, though. But, yeah, check them out. Six The number six, squaredstudios.ca. They've got lots of cool stuff there. Um, And uh, I did get my 
no gap bases for Harrison. So now we're we're at the, in the process of sticking magnets in the little holes, and then getting magnets on the bases for his models. So we will be able to slide them around easily, and they'll still keep into their shining companies. So super excited! All right, keep going. Okay, cool. I'm ready? I'm ready. Um, and Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois. There's always something happening at Grognards. Did you hear the bell? Did it come through? Clear as a bell. Excellent! I love the bell. I I am so happy that I have this bell. I have two of them. I could I could bell two handed. I could be belling with both hands. I'm belling. It just sounds like a dumbbell, but um, anyway. <laughs> How about them Patreon sponsors? Did you know patrons? that we have a lot of Patreon sponsors, and we've just we've got even gotten in more? And I want to thank each and every one of our Patreon patrons, the people who make this show and everything we do on it possible, the people who think this show is actually worth contributing to on an episode to episode basis. Okay, and I I want to especially thank my voice just cracked there. What is happening? I want to especially thank uh, I hit that a long time ago. I got three kids and they're mine. Trust me. They they, they, ain't nobody else claiming them. Uh, Associate producers, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, Opie and Big Jake. And our executive producer, Colin Miller. And guess what? We've got new patrons, Alex. We need to we, wel- we need to welcome Matthias Kraft, who joined in, and our newest executive producer, Alex Graham. I want to thank each and every one of you for being part of the 1% who makes the show and everything we do possible. And with these guys, uh, we have just tipped over the mark to where now Harrison and I are going to be um, sometime this weekend playing a couple of these new uh, Kickstarter games I got and garage gamering them. Because we're at that point now. We got enough people who think the show's worth stuff that they want to hear even more from us. So uh, I've got two games in at the moment. Uh, right now, Valhall, which is a cooperative game of uh, Vikings and stuff like that. And uh, Vampire, the Masquerade, something or other. A board game where you try to become the Prince of Chicago. Um, using your pawns and your vampire minions in a game of intrigue and excitement. Um, and uh, we're going to play that with Barnett at some point and see if we can't get him to come back on the air, if I can get him to leave his house in the age of Corona. So, But that's what's happening with the Patreon sponsors, and thank each and every one of you so much. Past, present, and future sponsors, thank you, thank you, and thank you. And speaking of saying thank you, Avach, a botch. That's not even a word. What is happening? Oh, I know what it is. That was a botch, though. It was. It was a total botch. Actually, which goes back to vampire, because if you roll a one, that's called a botch in vampire, in the in the rules talk. That's a botch. That's a, not only did you fail, but something bad happens. Um, you know what it is? Uh, I pinched my sciatic nerve, and my legs are, are, are screaming in pain. So I took several painkillers. Um, and so that might be why I'm I'm um, messing up my words. That might be it. I just thought it was Monday. It is just Monday, 
And I had something called a dirty snowman. It's this drink that they make at this local tavern, and now you can just take pick up drinks and bring them home. I never had one. I did have one. It's like uh, vodka. It's, it's it's vodka and some white uh, liquid, and um, uh, some and there's like a cinnamon stick in it, and it's it's very strong. Um, but it helps my sciatica, so I'm not going to complain. Uh, and I didn't think about that before we went on the air. Well, as long as that. you stay frosty, everything will be fine. That is exactly what I'm doing. Oh, staying frosty. All right. Speaking of being frosty, did you know we have voicemail? Did you know we yes. have voicemail? You did know. It's finally. Did. How many years have you been doing this show? And now you finally answered the question, yes. This is fantastic. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, he can be taught. Oh my goodness! But what's the number? One seven five seven G H show six. That's one seven five seven G H show six. Most international callers dial zero zero, and then one seven five seven G H show six. And if you call that number, you too can leave a voicemail. Now, um, I don't think we got any new voicemails. Uh, people are doing things like you know holidays. Yeah, November fifteenth was the last voicemail, so we re- we played those. Um. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you wanted some way, somehow, to get on to the, uh, the, the, vo- the, the show, you could leave a voicemail. And then I would play it. And then you'd be on the show. It'd be like you're here, except not really at all. But you'd hear yourself. So call 1-757-GH-SHOW-6 and then leave a voicemail. And we will maybe play it. That's how that works. All right, listen, uh, Alex, we should take a break. We should take a break now because then we're going to come back and start talking about all the freaking new rules for all the new stuff that's changed. Uh, and, you know, the worst part is I read all of this. I'm like, that's cool. Oh, boy, that's cool. Oh, boy, that's I don't know if it's a new rule or an old rule. I just don't know anything anymore about this game. I know about the Night Haunt, and I know about the Realm Lords because that's all I've been focusing on. Every other army... Don't even know. Do they exist? Are they real? Do people play them? No idea. Doesn't matter because we're going to take a break and we're going to come back. And you, my friend, better be able to explain this crap because I can't. So there we go. All right. We'll be back. Folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. We are back. We are back. Jack Burton is a hack. Um, 
Oh my goodness, he is singing. I can't believe this. My ears are ringing. What's he doing? I don't know. But we're going to go on with the show. Garage Hammer. And we're back. How about that? I just made that up totally on the fly, by the way. I had no idea you were going to sing. But once you started, you knew I wasn't about to let that crap go. So here we go. No, Uh, that's okay. Look at you singing uh, on the way back. It's like, oh, wow, wow, wow. Okay. Wowie, wow, wow. Is that where we're going? Okay. I I think we are. So. Now, uh, before we get get into the cool stuff, can we just talk about the campaign? And I mean just for a brief minute. Like, I'm all about the narrative gaming, but I don't want to spend a ton of time going over each of these battle plans and stuff. I just want to... I want to talk about it in general, and I wanted to ask you, Alex, the guy who understands things, how this works. And as I'm asking the question, I realize my question is answered in this box right here, but I didn't read it, so I'm going to ask you anyway, just in case someone doesn't have the rules or something like that. Um, okay, so you got a campaign. You can play out the campaign for the story we read, and they got Marathi's army, Stormcast Eternal's army, uh, Daughters of Cain, Daughters of Cain, Van Brecht, and Insurrectionist army. Enemy players are either going to play Slaves to Darkness, Slaves to Darkness, Deepkin, Deepkin, Beastmasters, or Anvil Guard. Um, what if you don't have one of these armies you want to play the campaign? Do you... I mean, will you just proxy? Is that... I mean, like, it looks like substitute suitable. Or do you just play what... I mean, I suppose it you're says, playing at home. You play whatever you want. Well, it says verbatim, if you don't have all the units or armies needed to fight a campaign, just substitute suitable units that you do have for the ones you don't. That's it. Okay. So if you didn't... Admittedly, to do this with any other armies would be, like, thematically and possibly rules-wise tricky. uh, Because each one of these uh, battle plans has a number of different things that happen narratively, especially with the characters involved. Whether that's Volturnus, Marathi, Van Brecht, etc., etc. So, like, I would consider like some unit swaps but i probably would not do whole army swaps see and that's and that's what i was meaning that's that's what i was asking like is there any way because i mean i see what it says there and as you look through the the different uh battle plans they literally tell you what units and what armies you're you're are playing against each other there there really isn't a way to just be like you know what i just want to bring my ogres like that just it's not no. I mean, you, you can if you if you want to give it a shot, but it's not really going to work in any real sense. You'd have to like sub out. You'd have to be like, OK, these rules are going to go. Like, it just it would be a lot of work for maybe not so much benefit. It, yeah, it's just some of these armies are rather large and then you have some that are rather small. So it just really depends on the each individual battle plan in each one of these battle plans is like different scale like some are like the grand uh field type of armies where it's like 17 ish units of models and characters um and then there are some where like the beastmaster army is four charybdises or hydras so okay it just really depends on the models in your collection what you have available to you and honestly there's a lot of like the vault uh Deepkin army required for Haganal Bay is one to three Leviathans. Oh yeah, There's turtle army. That By don't the way, know any Leviathans, and then you need King Nemitar and Voltornis. How many? And 
How many Leviathans do you own, Alex? I'm curious. Zero. None? None. I thought you had this army. I do. Do you? Yeah, I the only things I don't own for Deepkin are the turtle and Namardi Reavers. You don't own any? Oh my no goodness. Turtle how, and how no how, reavers. How can I you do that? Th- I would it would drive me insane. It would drive I me. have thirty thralls, which is about twenty too many, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> and then twenty some odd eels. Oh, you're that three guy. sharks and a handful of characters plus two boats and uh oh and the other one i don't own is the eidolon aspect of the sea the spellcaster one i have a storm but i don't have a sea oh my god i, I would uh how does it not drive you insane to know your army's incomplete like how did you not go out and it, buy a turtle and some of those things and just I just to have them like i don't like the turtle uh not from a rules perspective because the new version in this book is much better than the original one but i don't like the model like the turtle to me just doesn't jive i would have much preferred like a squid i or get a okay, or and i get that i just i i personally i gotta own one of every unit at least so that way if i ever had something come I up can't. i could have it because no. I, I got all the night hunt units the scythe arm ladies and the uh, the 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 rat bone face looking guy like i got everything because you have to i mean granted i got like if i wanted to field it with all the battalions i got six thousand a six thousand point army which i never will need but i I couldn't stop myself (laughs) just no i mean i don't even own everything for the gloom spite like i don't own a gabapalooza i don't own any water tragus wait the gabapalooza you don't own a gabapalooza no but how could you not? I mean, it's their name. It's Gabapalooza. Like, you have to. Come on. I'm so, I'm so sad right now. Anything. I am so sad right now. I don't own any of the Spider Fang for Gloom Spite. I don't own a Dankhold Trogoth. I don't have any Fellwater Trogoths. I don't have a Gargant. Like, there's just stuff I just don't have. Oh. Do you want a Gargant? I'd split a box of Gargants with you. No. The no. hungover, the Ailguzzler Gargan for Gloom Spite is not super awesome, and I'd want to use it for Sons of Bahamut Army anyway. So, right? No. See what I'm saying? Because if you really no, maxed out, you'd need nine, and they sell them in boxes of two. So if we each got one, I know. then if we ever decided we needed more, we'd be ahead of the game. Yeah, but uh, no, I, I hey hey all right hey. You 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 do what you want to do. We, let's get back to the campaign, I guess. I'm sure. just, okay, we you know we each collect differently. I collect stupidly, where I just buy everything and then don't ever play with it. But I just I got I'm a completist. I gotta have every model in the army. It's one of the reasons I got rid of the Stormcast because I was just it was like oh there's the fourth wave of all new models. Nope, done. So all right, that's part of why I got rid of my Stormcast. Um, See. Yeah, and that's why I don't do completionist right now. So, in any event, um, so this boy needs a, lot a of turtle. These armies, huh? I said this boy needs a turtle. This no, boy gotta, does not need a turtle. I think you do. I think I'm going to have to re- fix this situation at some point. A turtle or a gabapalooza, if for no other reason than you get to say gabapalooza. But that's that. So, all right. 
Um, you know what I like about this campaign? I like that they really strung them all. Like there's the. I've played in campaigns where they string a bunch of uh, the events together, and it tells a story. But they, the, the, there's no real consequences for each battle so much as playing it, and you earn points. You know, for each one you win, and there's there's an odd number of them, and whoever wins the most wins the campaign, basically. Um, you know, the last battle might be worth extra points because it's the culmination. But this one, it really does every, you know, winning or losing has effects on your next round and what you have and what you can do. And I think that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like that because it, it, it adds stakes to every battle. Um, and I think in a good campaign, there's going to be stakes to every battle. And that's what they have here. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. So then let's now we don't we don't have to go through all of this, do we? We don't have to go through all the realms and artifacts and no, stuff, do we? The realms and they even mention it here, uh, is that they're not intended for match play. So oh. they're for open and narrative gaming. So you can like play in Ulgu around Hagnar. You can play in the area around uh Anvilgard. So that's the Charwin coast and Akshi. And then you can actually play in Varanthrax's Maw. At the so. eight points. Okay. And each of them has uh, a spell, a realm command, a realm artifact, and a realm feature. And you guys can look at this if you want. I mean, there's cool stuff here, but it's literally only if you're playing this campaign. And as cool as I think this campaign is, I literally don't own any of the armies for this. So it's like it's one of those things where it's like I'm, I'm really I, I'm either proxying everything or I'm not getting to play this. And so, right. and I think there's a lot of listeners out there too. Like, not everybody owns all these armies, you know, or enough to to mm-hmm. run through them. Um, and then there's six battle plans. Um, and where, oh goodness, I'm trying to see what part of the different stories these are. So the first one you have is the Marathi going underground with the anvils of the Hell and Hammer to get the Varanite. Okay. Oh, yeah, and here it is. Okay, so you got to take Marathi, one to two cauldrons, six other daughters of Cain units, and then two sacrosanct units. And Slaves to Darkness Mm -hmm. have 16 units. It just says 16 units. Yes. Oh, that's cool. So it really does sort of set up how you can do things and where they got to go. And on this one, uh, you are running from long edge of the board to the other long edge of the board. But if you're the Marathi player, you're in the middle the middle section, the middle two feet, running that four feet across, whereas the Slaves to Darkness have the rest of the board to try and catch you. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's essentially they're just trying to escape from the bank heist. So, <laughs> um, And then the next one is... Stormcast versus Slave to Darkness, 12 Stormcast units, 3 allied Melusai or Kinerai Harpy units, and then a Slaves to Darkness player must choose the Idolaters Damned Legion keyword, and they must have a Gaunt Summoner, 1 to 2 War Shrines, 14 other units, and Gresh's Iron Reapers. Isn't that a, is that a, that's not a war cry, that's a, that's a... That's a battalion. It's one of the boxes that they came out with. Okay, uh, so that's not an underworld thing. Chariots. Oh, okay. Oop. That's the three chariots. 
And this one is uh, straight up. You know, each of you have half of the board along the long half, along the long edge. Very cool. Oh, see, this makes me wish I had these armies. Uh, next one is the battle at Hagnall Bay. So you got Volturnos, one to three, uh, one to three turtles, twelve other deep kin units, and the Blood Surf Hunt versus sixteen daughters units, one Charybdis, and two other allied scourge privateer units. And then uh, you basically you have each board split, but there's a little bit that's given over to the the privateers. They come in on a very specific spot. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Where do we go next, Alex? What's next? So after that, we have the inner chamber, which is where the Mother Cauldron is kept. So all of this is for Deepkin is Volturnus and the Blood Surf Hunt, which is uh, King Nemetar and two Alapexes. That's it. Alapexes are the sharks? Yes. So it's Volturnus... The other character and two sharks. Yes. Okay. And they're fighting what? Marathi Kane, the Shadow Queen, and the Viperic Guard. Uh, the only thing is uh, Marathi Kane and the Shadow Queen start off the table, and they don't appear until Volturnus shatters the cal- shatters the murder the Mother Cauldron. So. Oh, cool. And this is played mm-hmm. on a four by four board too. Yeah, they're all different, and some of these battle plans are in chambers, so you can't fly. Oh, that's right. So Models like can't fight. The Canari, yeah, the Canari, um, Marathi, uh, all the Deepkin, Echelian stuff, that all flies. So Not they no more, lose, it don't. Uh, yeah, they lose a touch of their mobility. but I mean, it just means um, you can't move... Th- through, through, you can't go through. Yeah, you're not going over stuff, so you got to avoid. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. What's next after the, that? After that, you have the under tunnels. So it's the tunnel fight between uh, Ven Brecht and the Dwarden. And then you have that fighting against four Hydras or Charybdises. And it's like an ambush type scenario on a four by four. Okay, cool. Oh, and it goes like diagonally, so it's like an X, and you get one triangle if you're Van Brecht, mm-hmm. and then the other guys have everything else. Okay, and then the last one, the fall of oh oh, so the fall of Anvilgard. Uh, you got the Anvilgard army, which is Van Brecht and sixteen other units. You have insurrectionist players. The Insurrectionist player must play an Anvil Guard army. It must consist 12 Darkling Coven, Order Serpentis, Scourge Privateer, or Shadow Blades. Uh, so that's 12 units of that. Also Marathi Kane, also Shadow Queen, also two Melisai units, and the Kraith's Shadow Host. This this is, oh, well, that's right, because Anvil Guard falls, so I guess this makes sense. If you picture a Realm of Battle board with the six tiles, you get one of the middle tiles for your Anvil Guard army, and the rest of the board goes to the Insurrectionists. Oh, uh, mm-hmm. and there they go. Uh, if Oh, I like this. At the end of the battle, if the Insurrectionist army units have been destroyed, then Anvil Guard... Of, if more insurrectionist army units have been destroyed than Anvil Guard army units, and the Shadow Queen has suffered more than three wounds, the Anvil Guard player wins a major victory. 
at the end of the battle, if more insurrectionist armed units have been destroyed than Anvil Guard units, the Channel Queen has suffered less than four wounds. The Anvil Guard player gets a minor victory. At the end of the Guard player, if at least twice as many Anvil Guard armed units have been destroyed as insurrectionist armed units, the insurrection player wins a major victory. Let me ask you a question. If I take out more, oh, I got so many other, I got so many units. So even though I'm in that tight spot, I have so many units. Because I was going to say, is it possible that I take out more of his units, but I still get wiped out? But I don't think, no, because I, I think, I don't, yeah, I don't think you can. Because they, that other, they've only got uh, 14 units, I think. Four, yeah, so, oh, you got a two by two square to sit foot 16 Stormcast units. Well, it's, you either take a Stormkeep or an Anvil Guard Army. Okay. But still. So Anvil Guard, you find those rules in the Cities of Sigmar, and then the Stormkeep is in this book. Still 16 units in a 2x2 two two square. I, I suppose you'd have to put a lot of them up in space just to fit everything. The other thing is that if you look at unit selection, and this is true through all of them, you can double the size of a given unit, but then it counts as two choices instead of one. Oh. Interesting. I didn't even read all of this. I got to be honest with you. Like, I kind of looked it over and I mm-hmm. thought I read it, and apparently I didn't pay that much attention. Yep. A regular unit is a unit with 10 model, up to 10 models, each with a wound characteristic of one. An elite unit is up to five models with a wounds of two or three. Oh, guards. So the biggest unit of like liberators or Melusi would be ten. Okay, interesting. So they really thought about this and really put a bunch of limits. I need to look at this because I'm writing. I'm working on my epic uh, nonsense, uh, not campaign, but uh, you know, some linked games into stories and stuff like that. I never thought about going and limiting. I've always gone with points. I haven't gone with unit restrictions like that. Hmm. Interesting. If I'm playing narratively, I like this a little bit better than the points. Yeah. Because the points will encourage a min-max. This is just give a hard limit. Right. And I think it's pretty cool. Um, okay, so there's a bunch of Battle Tome updates. Um, there are a ton. For six. Okay, so Daughters of Cain, Cities of Sigmar, Stormcast, Ideneth, Slaves of Darkness, and Pitched Battle. Uh, and updates to Pitched Battle. So five armies... And pitched battle prof. Oh, so the points it's have been adjusted for all these things. Yeah. All right. Well, let's do this then. I, oh, you know what? Uh, we're about thirty minutes in. Why don't we take a break? Because we didn't take. Oh, we did take a break. What am I talking about? We took. Oh dear lord. We took a break. Let's keep going. Uh, blip blap bloop. Let's start with. Uh, what is this? All right. Um. Xanathar Kai. Yeah, Xanathar Kai is the new temple that Marathi unleashes during the course of this campaign. Oh, it's like opening a chamber. Yes and no. It's uh, new allegiance abilities. Uh, when you play Daughters of Cain, you can pick one of the temples to follow. Uh-huh. Xanathar Kai is a new temple. So it's like a storm chest. Oh, uh, okay. Storm host. So it's like, okay. Um... So let's see, what can you do? If you choose this storm host, you can... 
your ability is to add one bravery, one to the bravery or of the Xanther Kai Melisai and the Xanther Kai Harpy units. So plus one bravery for Melisai and Harpies. Okay. Um, you can choose one additional hero in your army to have an artifact of power. It must come from the Gifts of Marathi table and Bottle Tome Daughters of Cain. You know, to me that means a lot because you really only get extra artifacts if you take battalions. So just getting an extra artifact off the bat I think is pretty cool. It is, and I'm actually grabbing the Daughters book right now to see exactly what that consists of. Okay. So bear with me because I think, if memory serves... The Gifts of Marathi is the snake-only uh, well, artifacts. Right, but all you got are snakes and harpies here. And so if you're taking a hero with this... Well, I mean, this temple is pretty hard, pretty hard focus on the uh, Scathborn, which is the snakes and the harpies. Right. So, or no, the Gifts of Marathi are just uh, the generic stuff. Really? Okay. So... Yeah. Okay. And yeah, the artifacts of Shadow are the snake ones. Oh, all right. So when you say generic, you mean anyone can take them. Okay. Uh, you get a you get a special command ability. You can use it once per phase. When you pick a ZK, I'm saying ZK because Saint Therkai. I'm getting tired of saying it. Pick a ZK Melisai unit or a ZK Harpy unit to fight, and they're wholly within 12 inches of a friendly ZK hero. Uh, add one of the attack characteristics of melee weapons used by that unit until the end of the phase. All right. So Melisai and Harpies, if they're within a, a foot of a hero, wholly within a foot of a hero, they can. That's that's that can be a, that can make a big difference, though, can't it? It can, uh, especially since the Melusai Iron Scale and Marathi's command abilities are to make units fight out of sequence. Oh, that's right. So then you throw it's the in same thing with like the Slaughter Queen. Mm-hmm. Uh, her command ability is to fight out of sequence as well. So. This is a command point heavy, potentially, but it also makes the snakes a lot more viable because the biggest limiter for the Blood Sisters, which is the ones with the glaives, is that they were only two attacks, uh, very lightly armored, and they just didn't have the quote-unquote output that normal daughters witch elves do. Right. So, okay. Yeah, this puts them to a different level. Uh, okay, and then the command trait... Uh, is Curse of the Bloody Handed. At the end of the combat phase, roll a die for each enemy unit within three inches of the general. On a five-up, they take D3 mortals. That's cool. Yeah. Considering your general is probably going to either be a Malusi Iron Scale or a uh, Bloodrack Shrine. So she's going to be in the thick of it. Probably, or at least a big base. Interesting. With the cauldron. Or with the blood rack shrine. And then they've got uh, several battalions. Is there anything? Let's see. One doesn't take battle shocks. One says once per battle a hero can use a command ability without a command point being spent. That's not a huge thing, is it? It is. Uh, once per battle? So basically you get a free command so point. The big thing is that, that it's Marathi, the Shadow Queen, two of the Malusai heroes and then two to three units of sisters or stalkers. Uh, so you could g- almost get like, an entire army in this battalion, but then you also have the Iron Scale and Marathi Kane's command abilities that are 
so vitally important to how you would play this that having that extra command point for free is a big deal. Plus, you get a command point for having the battalion to begin with. Okay. So, oh, okay. I, I didn't think of it that way. The big one that on here that I really like is the Scath Coven. Okay. So that's a Bloodrack Medusa or Iron Scale. And when it says Bloodrack Medusa, it's the keyword. So it's either one on tail or one on shrine. Uh, one to four units of Blood Sisters. So those are the ones with the glaives. One to two units of Stalkers. Those are the ones with the bows. And then zero to two Harpy units. And those units don't have to take Battle Shock. Just hard stop, no Battle Shock. And their bravery is like eight, nine, I want to say. But every time you lose one, it is a lot to lose. So not having to worry about that, you can save your command points for other stuff. is kind of a big deal. That's uh, um, that's actually really good. Yeah, it's an entire snake army if you wanted to do it. I would probably want to get in a few other characters. So to get your army low drop, I mean, you could take hags to get witch brew in to make them immune to battle shock anyway. But this, if you want to go like a pure snake or scathborn army, you could do it. So. Cool. And then the last one is the Shrine of Blood. It's got two Bloodrack Shrines, two Blood Sister units or Bloodstalker units in any combination, and two Harpy units. And in this one, in your hero phase, pick any number of units in the battalion that are within six inches of the shrine, from of a shrine from the same battalion. There's two of them. One model from each unit you picked is slain. You can heal one wound allocated to the shrine for each Harpy model that was slain and heal two wounds for each Melisai that was slain. Okay. Is that... Is that... No. That's lame? It's it is. I mean, the shrines are good, but they're not that good to the point where I'd be sacrificing a snake. Okay. I mean, it's cool thematically, but... No, that's, that's why I'm asking. Yeah, because I, I read it and I said I, it, I didn't think you got that many models in those... In the in the snake units, I'm like that seems like a big sacrifice. I'm like maybe I was missing. I thought maybe I was missing something on how good the shrines were, but I'm not. All right, so okay, why don't we talk about Marathi Kane and the Shadow Queen? Yeah. Okay. Uh, probably one of the biggest changes. Period. For, first thing though, you get to play them both on the table, the whole time. Mm-hmm. This is huge. Did she go up a lot in points? Um, what is she in the book? Because I'll t- I'll check her in this. You check her in the Daughters of Cain book. Although they, she might have been updated in the twenty twenty book. I think she was like four four eighty or something um, in the last GHB. I don't remember to be perfectly honest with you. Well, now you got to take um, six hundred for the pair of them. Yeah, in the original book, she was four eighty. Okay, so it did go up, and that and and, and it should. Um, both of these on the for field at the same what time. Yeah, it's. It's it's awesome. It seems pretty cheap, all things being equal. Because um, they still have the same rules. You can only ever... Now, it's three wounds. How often can they take up to three wounds and then that's it? It's three wounds per turn. Per turn. Per player turn. So I can... If I, if I shoot the heck out of her and she takes a bunch... So once she hits three... She cannot take any more. 
So if she dives into no. battle and I'm attacking her with no, 50 no, guys. No no, 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 no. Stop. Okay. So all of the wounds get allocated to the Shadow Queen. Right. Even like, whatever Marathi you do Kane to Marathi takes. Kane does not matter. Right. It it's goes just, to the Shadow Queen. It, yeah, it's three wounds. Hard stop each player turn. Right. So that's what I'm saying. You could dump them into the thick of battle. I could have, uh, you know, horde units attacking her. You know, you know, uh, and, and do a ton of wounds. And she saved, makes all her say, misses most of her saves. Oh, you just take, you know, 20, nope, three. And that's it. Like for that player turn, if I do three in the magic phase, I don't need to bother shooting at her or trying to charge her because I can't do any more. I just, I want to make sure I got this perfectly clear because I don't play against this. Right. Okay. That's bananas. This, this model mm -hmm. is going to be around for four turns. Period. End of At discussion. Least, yes. Yeah, and if she can heal wounds, can she heal wounds back? Can she do that? No, she cannot heal because of the Iron Heart of Cain. Okay. So she's around. If 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 I can do three wounds, well, no, it's not till turn four because I can do it each turn. So I, she could technically die at the end of turn two. If That's I if. if it's a big if. <laughs> You think so? Let's go through all the cool stuff these two can do because I love this. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying I want to start a Daughters of Cain army, but if I did think I want to start a Daughters of Cain army, this is the thing that's going to push me over: is that you get to play both of these because they're so gorgeous, and you never get to play them both because they have that that weird rule, and now they don't. Yeah, and you think about all the time and effort that the hobbyists have put into Little Marathi, and you think about guys like. Uh, Jake Lequier with his dudes of Kane, like how he did the Spartan style. Like he converted a little bro Rathy and a big bro Rathy. So, and like I played him at Meltdown last year, and all he did was he set up his little bro Rathy, then turn one, he turned it into big bro Rathy, and I never saw the other one again. So it's like you put all that effort into it, and then you just have to take it off the table because then you just want the big one. But now you actually get to use both of them. So that is. Okay, and I so, like it personally. Oh, I think it's cool. And I, like I said, you've got two of them on the table. No matter how, if you do wounds to Little Marathi, she doesn't actually even try to save them, right? Or does no, she? She does. Oh, okay, and any that she fails to save goes to the Shadow Queen. Does the Shadow Queen get to try to save them? Or no? no That's what I'm asking. Okay, it's allocate. Okay, I'm asking because I haven't. I mean, I, I've read this stuff, but it was like last week when we did the book, and now I don't remember. And, uh, yeah, because it says in the, under two bodies, one soul for the Shadow Queen, it says that if you allocate wounds that are dealt to Marathi Kane to the Shadow Queen, you cannot negate them. Okay, good. Oh, and it, so, and if there's a if there's an ability or spell that would cause her to be slain without wounds being allocated, she just takes three. Shadow Queen just takes three, and she still can only take a maximum of three. So if Arcan comes up and swords her. She's just like, that's three. You're not taking me out to the oblivion table. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So, yeah, and the other thing is like before with the old rules, when endless spells moved around and hit the shadow queen, um, those wounds would not count because it was outside of the normal sequence. So like if you did a penumbral pendulum, 
you could do like the D6 mortal wounds and then do more wounds during the phase, which would go over the three because it was ruled it was a separate thing. In here, they put it in that the wounds inflicted at the start of the first turn count towards the turn. Okay. So it's even harder to put her in the ground. (laughs) Well, okay, and little Marathi is no slouch. I mean, she's got the heart render and her wings, okay? They both got a two-inch range. They're both threes to hit, threes to wound, run one rend, except... Heart Render has three attacks that do D3. Bladed Wings have six attacks that only do one. There is a potential here for uh, 15 wounds. Mm-hmm. And that's just from a regular attack. She's also a wizard. She can cast three, unbind two. Adds one to casting, dispelling, and unbinding for her. She knows the Arcane Bolt Mystic Shield, and she knows uh, Black Horror of Olgu, which casts on a seven, 36-inch. Pick an enemy within range that she can see. Roll a die. On a one, the unit takes a mortal wound. On a two to three, it takes D3 mortal wounds. And on a four up, it takes D6 mortal wounds. And that's a great spell because there's none of the... On a one, it does nothing. If you get the spell off, somebody is dying. Somebody is taking wounds. I'm, I'm t- One model. One wound models are dying. Up to D6. And that's her magic. So she's got a potential for 15 wounds on, by hand. Um, they 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 can totally dive into battle because you just can't overwhelm and 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 blank them. The worst you could do is take make sure she takes three. Then she's got this spell. Then she's also got a command ability. Um, when she's on the battlefield, pick a friendly daughters of Cain unit within twenty four. That unit can shoot, or if it's within three inches of enemy units, it can fight. You cannot use this command ability more than once in the same phase. So this is what you're talking about. The out- They can fight or shoot in the hero phase. Mm-hmm. And then they can do that again. And this still gives them, this doesn't stop them from... Fighting later? No. Right. Perfect. That's yeah, really, the, God, that's good. This command ability had a previous version on her old scroll, but you never saw it because everyone just turned her right away into the Shadow Queen. Because the Shadow Queen, the old version, didn't have a command ability either. So you never got to use that awesome command ability because the first thing you did was transform her into Marathi, or into the Shadow Queen. But now she so. can. Oh, because she's on the field and she's pushing the pushing her, her ladies to more wanton violence. This is fantastic. And that's just her. Yes. Now, while she's doing all of that... There's another thing, you too. You also have the Shadow Queen. Now, they're separate. No, 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 no. Oh, there's another thing. What am I missing? Um, you're minus one to hit Marathi Kane. Just hard stop. Oh, that's minus right. Minus one to hit her. So, I, yeah, we skipped over that. We went, we went to the one soul, two bodies. Subtract one from hit rolls for attacks to target this model. It used to be like alluring beauty, but now it's like something more godly. But regardless, if you're trying to shoot her... You're at minus one normally, or if she is within range to get lookout, ma'am, uh, you're at minus two to shoot her, which is... Oh, that's right, because lookout is a separate rule. So, oh. So you're at minus two to shoot her. She's only taken a max out of three anyway. Oh, this is... Right, between her and the Shadow Queen. She... She's she, okay. So let's let's talk Shadow Queen. Why don't you give us the stats on the? Sh- oh, by the way, 
Uh, Marathi Kane has eight bravery. She can move six inches, and she has a four-up save. She has six wounds, but it doesn't matter, right? I mean, am I correct in that? It matters for things like the uh, Bailwind Vortex or other things that would only affect characters of a certain wound characteristic. Right, but I'm saying it doesn't matter in the actual fighting because you never. It, it's like her actual wound. You're never going to do more than three. Right, and it's going to go to the Shadow Queen anyway, so that six is just for, like you said, if it's, you know, uh, with one or two wound models, like with uh, the horses for the LRL, just the it's telling yep. us how many she has for that sake. Okay, okay. Yep. All right, uh, tell so us about Shadow the, Queen. The big version uh, has a variable move from 14 to 6, uh, depending on how much damage she's taken, 4-up save, 10 bravery, 12 wounds. So... She has a lot of stuff on her profile. Uh, the She has a missile weapon. It's just one shot, 18-inch, 2 by 2 Ren 3 damage, D6. So Just one attack. Massive. Just one. Yeah. But if it hits you and it gets through, it's going to hurt like nothing else. 2 by 2 with uh, Ren 3. It's all, I mean, this is... The odds are definitely in her favor here. Especially once the... Blood table goes up to reroll once to hit. Oh, jeez. Because you have to count in the Daughters of Cain uh, allegiance ability. Because if you're going to play her, that's going to be the route to play her. Right. So once that table kicks up to reroll once to hit, that is stupid accurate. And when with three rend, you don't even get a save unless you have a three up save. And then you're down to sixes. You don't even get a save unless you're at three up. With this thing. And that profile does not change. So Nope. Oh, that's so good. Okay, what else? The big version of Heart Render has anywhere between eight and four attacks, three by three, rend two damage, three hard stop. Um so that in and of itself is twenty four wounds off the top just from her spear. So more attacks. Uh, more yeah, attacks because s- she goes down to four. So the other one's only got three. The hit right. and wound are the same. Extra rend. Straight up three. Oh. That's potentially 24 damage. Yeah. No, she'll punch a hole in anything she looks at. Um, and that's the thing is you can play her like a missile and play Marathi Kane like the commander, which is really how they should play. Which just follows the lore. She's she's running yeah. the army, but the Shadow Queen version is the out of control one that's just looking to tear every <laughs> Everything has to be broken when she's done. Yes. Nice. Uh, her crown, so that's all the snakes, uh, one inch range, 2D, six attacks, three by three, no rend damage, one, nothing to write home about, um, but her tail is three inch reach, one attack, three by three, rend two, damage six to two, depending on how much damage she's taken. <laughs> okay. What is the total potential damage for her? With all of her um, stuff. I always love to go over this. 24 plus 6 plus 12. So, uh... 42. 42. And if she gets Not the... including the gun. If she gets the full 6 on the gun, she could do. She could potentially do 48 wounds in a turn. If all things are equal and... Yeah. Okay, um... The command ability, Worship Through Bloodshed. Mm-hmm. It says pick one other friendly Daughters of Cain unit. So Marathi Cain mm-hmm. can't pick herself. Can she pick the Shadow Queen? 
Yes, because they are two separate units. And it has the Daughters of Cain keyword. That's what I was just... So, so, the, the, so the thing that has a potential to do 48 wounds that I cannot kill outright, basically, almost ever, I can just whittle her down by the end of the second... She's going to be around for the first two turns, minimum. And she has a potential to do 48 damage... Well, forty-two if you don't uh, count the shooting because you don't. You probably have her, you know, redoing the miss the melee. Anyway, oh, that's good. That's dumb. <laughs> For six hundred points, that's oh. I'm gonna tell Harrison later just to hear him complain. Yeah. The kid plays Teclas or hasn't played him yet, but has him all lined up, and he complains about the other gods in the game. Oh, that's sure. fantastic. All right, so let's. Uh, all right, so let's. Oh my God, this is so cool! Like I'm freaking out. She does have one new rule okay. in addition to everything else, which is Fury of the Shadow Queen. Okay. So while she's within three inches of any enemy models, which is where she wants to be, um, you get to add one to the attacks characteristic of melee weapons used by friendly Canary Harpies or Melusai units, wholly within eighteen inches of the Shadow Queen. So while she's fighting, she's getting furious, and she's inciting them to more violence. Correct. Now, the other thing to remember is if you're taking Zeth Kar mm -hmm. or Zenith Kai, uh, the command ability is to get plus one attack inherently. Right. And then you have Marathi Kane's ability to fight out of sequence. After giving them another added attack Yeah. from the Shadow Queen. How many attacks do they normally mm -hmm. get? Um, I believe the new War Scroll is two plus the Crystal Touch, but the Crystal Touch is a separate attack profile. So two, up to four attacks apiece now, and you could conceivably do that twice per a turn. Turn. Nice, nice. Yeah. Did so, Daughters of Cain need this big of a boost, or is this just, or is this just? I mean, are not a lot of people going to take her, or no? Um, She's People would take Marathi, but she was only taken because you couldn't kill her, and she was really hard to remove from objectives. Um, she was never, ever the general, uh, and her command ability, even as Marathi Kane, doesn't require her to be the general. So it allows you to free up for taking all snake armies, because if you want to do a snake army, a Malusai has to be the general, regardless. Okay. So... Did they need this boost for Marathi? Not necessarily, but playing a snake army needed the boost. So this really helps because mostly. It helps primarily with the snake half of her army, not so much with it's the... It's to make them more viable, comparatively speaking, to Witch Elves and Sisters of Slaughter, because, like, I'll be honest with you, most Daughters players are not playing snakes. They're playing Horde, Witch Elves, or Sisters of Slaughter, and then two units of... Canari, uh, the ones with the javelins, so that's the heart renders, and uh, then Marathi. But, but it's usually like Hag Hagnar, okay. so they get the better save around the cauldron. So, uh, so the so the ones with the heart renders are snakes, but they're just taking a minimal amount of those, and they're mostly no. Going the on. heart renders are Canari. Oh, oh, so it's just two units of two units of harpies. Okay. And then, Sisters and witches. 
Gotcha. Like, okay. Don't my, my ever see snakes. So. Wow. I didn't realize. Nobody, nobody around me plays uh, daughters, so I didn't know that they were this. You know what? I just realized I have Barnett's. I have Barnett's Dark Elf Army. I think I've got like the Shadow Host. I think I've got that like enough to play that. That's crazy. I didn't realize that. Now this is before. Okay, we go on. Go go go. Um, it is important to mention that the War Scrolls for the Melusai, I believe the Harpies, and then the Iron Scale all got updated in the Shadow and Pain box uh, that came out. The big thing is that the shooters uh, have two attacks now instead of one with their bows, which is a huge difference in their output. Um, and then they reformatted some of the wording on the Crystal Touch for the Blood Sisters. So okay. it now works like a unit of evocators. Where it's just you roll a model, roll a die for every model in the unit on a three up. You pick somebody within an inch and they take de- a mortal wound for every three up you roll. Oof. Yeah. Now who rough. got which which unit got the uh got the extra attack or the extra shot with the bow it's or whatever? The stalkers. So that's the ones with the heart seeker bows. The stalkers. Gotcha. Yeah, if they roll a six to hit, it's an immortal wound instead. Oh interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the know- iron scale gives them a really awesome command ability for like run and charge. Okay, and Oh, they, oh, so the, yeah, okay, great. They can run and charge too. <laughs> and they roll like 2d6 for like the run rollers. It's something where you can completely like alpha strike with a snake army because of this one command ability. And the iron skill is just awesome in general, the model and then the rules. So if you're interested in all of that, that's all. So if I wanted, if, if you wanted to play an all snake army, like is that. I know we've been talking, like, if you want to build an army cost-wise a lot of times lately, uh, and I'm not trying to, you know, discourage or, or talk about price. I'm just, because I know I'm, I could buy a whole, uh, whatchamacallit army. I could buy a whole, uh, I could buy a whole Gargant army for 800 bucks or whatever. We're talking about this. Yeah. There's a Morathi um, there. So if I wanted to get a lot, I, I, are, are snakes things you can... Uh, You'd be looking ideally for Marathi Kane, uh, the snake half of the Shadow and Pain box, and a start collecting uh, Daughters of Cain box. And that would get you up near 2,000? No, but it'll oh. get you close. Um, oh, okay. Because start collecting Daughters of Cain. Okay. The collect, start collecting Daughters of Cain will get you a shrine of some sort, and whether or not that's got a snake on top of it or not. Uh, Marathi Kane herself is 600 points. The shrine is expensive. And then you'll have 15 snakes and I believe five harpies plus an iron scale. So you're not terribly far off. Cool. Um, I think realistically you're going to want to probably get two boxes to start collecting for Daughters of Kane. Um, and maybe another unit of harpies. So like you could totally do a snake army relatively quickly but it's also just to do something different than painting 90 half naked witch elves well you know there's something to be said for that but i, I get i get how it would get boring well, interesting it's not just boring it's also just like try to do a horde army 
as like the quote unquote only viable way to play it. But now you have a viable way to play snakes. That's and cool. I think snakes are probably going to be one of the best competitive ways forward for them anyway. I, I think I just I like I like the snakes. I like the way they look. Like this whole army no, is cool are. looking, but those just look rad. I really like them. Yep. Hey, what about the Doomfire Warlocks? Because they are temporarily out of stock online right now. I'm looking at this. Any, is there anything that I should know about them? Uh, I don't believe they've been updated, but the big thing with them is that they are a wizard cavalry unit. Oh, okay. So that is something. The other half to them is the Dark Riders for Cities of Sigmar. Um so I got you. I was just curious. All right, so that's everything for Kane, right? Or uh, for Marathi Kane. All right, so Cities of Sigmar. Now the Cities of Sigmar, it's mostly it seems to be uh the the battle traits and command traits f- and stuff like that for Misthaven and Harkuron. Mhm. Okay. So all right, so let's take a look at these. You can still choose the Anvil Guard Allegiance for a Cities of Sigmar army. If you do, your army represents either a force from the time before Marathi began her annexation of the city or a loyalist detachment still fighting in the God King's name. Oh, I like that. <laughs> hey, by the way, listen, just because this happened doesn't mean you can't still play Anvil Guard. Yes. Okay, cool. Now, uh, they do have one battalion, Kraith Shadow Host, which is the Drusa Kraith, the Sorcerers on the Black Dragon, one Dread Spears, one Dark Shards. I have these. I have these. Um, and then if you take them, um, you get an extra ability that in your hero phase, the Sorceress, if she's on the battlefield, you can uh, compel her minions to attack savagely. If you do so until your next phase, add one to the attack characteristic used by Dread Spears and Dark Shards, but subtract one from save rolls. Oh, this is when they go just bananas and they're just attacking without even thinking of defense. Mm-hmm. And also you have another, that's the ability and the command trait is the whispers at the start of the first hero phase of the first battle round, you get an extra command point. Oh, okay. That's if you take Drusa as the general for your army. Okay. What is it? She has to be the general? She doesn't have to be. It's if. Okay. But what I'm saying is where does it say that she has to be the general for any of this stuff to work? It doesn't. It says oh. if Drusa is your general, she must have this command trait. Oh, 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 okay. That's what I'm saying. Okay, I see what you're saying. But if she's not the general, doesn't... I see. Okay. So, uh... The other important safety feature is that uh, you can take this battalion with either Anvil Guard or Hark Huron because she was still fighting for Anvil Guard prior to Marathi's annexation. Interesting. Oh, lots of stuff. Depending on how you play, where's the story? I can do this before, or it could be after, or I could be this, or I could be that. All right, so we're going to talk about Mist Haven. Yes. All right, Mist Haven is the city of Near Duels. We've already talked about that last episode. Okay. Um, if you take a Mist Haven army, they must be from Ulgu. Um, you have underhanded tactics. Okay, so with here, instead of setting up friendly Misthaven Order, Serpentis, Shadowblades, or Scourge Privateers units with up to 10 models on the battlefield, you can put them on the side and say that they're flanking. 
You can set up one for each Darkling Coven's Free Guild or Dwarden unit you've already set up on the battlefield. At the end of each of your movement phases, you can set up one or more flanking forces on the battlefield more than nine inches from enemy units. And they've got to be out at the start of the fourth battle round. Flanking force units that are still in reserve or destroyed. So they've got to be out by round three because they'll die mm-hmm. on four. So basically, this is just like everything else. You can just you can just drop them in. You can deep strike them anywhere within nine inches of the enemy. Up to ten models. Nice. Oh, excuse me. Um, and then they have narcotics. One hero can have a narcotic. Choose which hero will have it. Then pick one or roll from the Dark Temptations table. You can choose an additional friendly hero to have a narcotic for each war scroll battalion in your army. Hero cannot have more than one narcotic. In your hero phase, you can declare that the hero will use it. Each narcotic can only be used once per battle and has no effect on the bearer's mount. So this is, if you're playing Misthaven, you don't get artifacts. You have to take the the um, the narcotic. But it, They're not artifacts of power. They're narcotics, right. So do they still... Oh, can no, they, but and they can still st- get artifacts. Oh, okay. So it's not a replacement. This is on In top of... To. Nice. Uh, and then we'll look at the narcotics in just a second. Uh, but they also have a command ability. Um, once per turn, after you set up a flanking force, wholly within 12 inches of a Misthaven hero, you can move that unit up to D6 inches, but it can't run. Nice. So you can drop it in and move them in. If it's wholly within 12... So you can drop it 9 inches, and then if it's within 12 of a hero, wholly within 12 of a hero, you can drop a command ability and move it up 6. Move it up to D6, and if you're 9 inches away, you've then moved up D6, so you could potentially be at 3 inches away and then charge. Nice. Yeah. The trick here is if you have a uh, Serpentis, Shadowblade, or Scourge Privateer hero that comes onto the table first and then you set up a unit wholly within 12 of them as a second. So this way that character is already on the table. You then activate the command ability and then push them. So I drop the hero in nine inches Mm -hmm. away. Then I drop these guys just behind him. Or next to him or whatever. Right, but just to that nine inches. And since he's already on the table, drop the command point, boom, move him up D6. Right. So that makes that nine-inch charge suddenly anywhere between eight and three. It's So it's an alpha, and alpha strike. Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like fun. Oh, yeah, totally. This is one of those that if you wanted to make the most out of uh, Drake Spawn Knights, this would be the way to do it huh I've got a few free guild models too as well as these guys I just don't have Mm -hmm. any more Dwarden oh my goodness this sounds like fun okay go um should we talk about the narcotics then since we already discussed that everybody gets them on top of artifacts sure so obviously there's only one one use per game um and it really just kind of depends on what you're going for with your general so the first one is until your next hero phase, add one to hit rolls. And it's just flat to hit rolls, so it includes your guns. Um, until your next hero phase, you're essentially ethereal, which is pretty cool. Um, you can heal D6 wounds. 
to the user, but you cannot run or charge until your next hero phase. Uh, you can fly, but if you have a mount, it has no effect. So <laughs> there's not a lot of characters that are on mounts that don't fly anyway. So okay, yeah. uh, let's see. Sawfang Dust. This one is. Each time the user fights after all their attacks have been resolved, you can pick an enemy unit within an inch of them and roll a die. And on a 4-up, the unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. Okay. And then Glatch Ink. Uh, you get to add one to casting, dispelling, and binding rolls. So. So, y- you're... What is it? Uh, so... I hear... So, basically, this works the same way as artifacts. You get one... And if you take a battalions, you get extra. Right. Uh, but there is no battalion for Miss Haven. Oh, there isn't. So how do you get extras then? How did it say you get extras? Um, if you have a War Scroll battalion. Right. Oh, what did I say? No, if you had a battalion, you get another one. Right. Isn't but that you what can't I said? take a battalion with Miss Haven. Oh. Oh, so you'd have to. Well, could. Oh, you'd have to take it with the Darkling Coven's free guild or the Dwarden. Right? Right. But you don't have... With Cities of Sigmar, they have city-specific battalions. There are oh. no generic battalions for Cities of Sigmar. Oh. So you get one drug. Period. Okay. Well, that seems weird to ru- word the ruling that way unless... Or rule. See, it's for consistency. Okay. All right, I go with it. Um, mm-hmm. Mist Haven has three artifacts of power. Um, minus one to hit for that phase uh, for shooting against the bearer. Um, tar- no, no. No, the target unit's wholly within 12 inches of the bearer. Sorry. And it's once per battle they can ring the bell and... Subtract one for hit rolls for attacks at target units wholly within 12 of them. Uh, I totally read that poorly. Yep. So, all right, that's the gloom bell. Then they've got, what, the strangler kelp noose? Once for battle, start a combat, pick an enemy model within three inches, roll a die. If it's six, or if the roll is six or is less than the target's wound characteristic, the target cannot attack in that combat phase. Okay, so a good chance that once for battle you can... Stop a speci- one model from attacking. But it has to be less than the target's wound characteristics, so this thing wants to grab big things. Yes. Yeah, because if it's got more than... If it's got six or more wounds... It's auto-grabbed. Yeah. So this will auto-grab a Mega Gargan and turn it off. For one... Di- okay, nice. That's really mm-hmm. good, actually. That's plus add one to save rolls for attacks that targets for the the strangler kelp noose is the is the one to take, isn't it? It depends on your general. Um, if I'm taking this, I would probably be taking a dreadlord on a black dragon as my general, um, and then I'd want to give him the save. But the strangler kelp noose is a closet case for a really sneaky pick, um, especially if you're meta. You're expecting a lot of monsters. Because this thing will auto-grab anything with seven or more wounds. So, like, you can shut off Archeon for a turn. Right. Shut off a Mega Gargan, shut off a Bloodthirster, Keeper of Secrets, whatever. 
So almost any hero. Yeah, except for the little ones. Um, well, even the five wound only- heroes, then it's anything but a five. You're still doing it. Because yeah. a six does it and anything less than their wounds characteristic. So only the only the smallest of heroes um, even have a chance of getting out of this. But, yeah, I, dude, I'd be taking this all the time just to mess with my opponent. Yeah, my only thing is I don't like the once per battle. I would prefer like something that gets used all the time. But true, that's me. True, and the plus one to save. I mean, plus one to a save is really good. Um, but I yeah. just, I would if just... I had a battalion in this army, I would take the Strangler Kelp and the Shadow Silk. But for consistency purposes, I'll probably take Shadow Silk. Okay, um, and then they do have command traits. Um, once per battle round, the general can use the Shadow Strike command ability without a pe- spending a command point. Oh, okay. Once per round, you can use the Shadow Strike. Mm-hmm. After you set up a flanking force unit wholly within 12 inches. So for that to be good, you, it'd only really be good the first three turns, and you'd have to bring things in every turn. You'd sort of have to have it coming in in waves, wouldn't you? Yes. But that's kind of cool. I mean, if you want to spread it out that way, you you don't have to spend the command point. You just drop them in and move them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, six up, uh, six up ward save is the other one, and you know, arcane bolt, mystic shield, and can cast a spell like a wizard. If you're already a wizard, you get an extra spell. Right. I, I kind of like the shadow strike, but once again, I'm just looking at what might look what sounds like it might be the most fun to play. Right. And I would either do that or the Wily Foe. If I'm doing a Wily Foe and the Shadow Silk on like a dragon, that would be aces. Oh, okay, right. Plus one to save. Because then you a two-up save and a six-up negate after the fact. So Yeah, that would be really good for that, for that, uh, for your general. But the Shadow Lord, with how command points are kind of hard to come by, granted, you still get the General's Adjudicant, uh, rules from Cities of Sigmar, so you can generate additional command points, but you're not going to get as many command points as you would with like a Hammer Hall army. So, any way to save command points, especially for like your alpha tactics, is a good thing. Yeah, because you literally can only get one extra, right? I mean, you could spend the 50 you get points one for, for it. a turn, and then you get the extra, and you could buy one for 50, mm-hmm. and then. If you have the general's adjudicant within range of your general, then you can get another one on a four up. Right, but I'm saying you the you basically just because there's no battalion, so you're not you're not uh, right. guaranteeing extra ones in the start. All right, so except Mist, for the fifty one to pay for. Right. So the mist hate mist haven. I mean, if you if these are the models you want to play, Shadowblade, scourge privateers. I could totally play this. Yeah, and you can still take Cities of Sigmar, or uh, not Cities of Sigmar, uh, Stormcast units in this one, but there's not a whole lot of benefit to take them. Right. Um, or you could be from Harkiron. You want to take this one, go through all the cool stuff they can do? I kind of like that speedy <sighs> that speedy uh, Dark Elf Army. I like that. Okay, so what do we got here? So this one is literally like a Dark Elf Army. Um, you don't get any of the ways of the Free Peoples. Uh, battle traits from Cities of Sigmar, so that's the empowered spells, that's the Stormkeep rules, 
um, where you get to take one out of every four is a uh, Stormcast unit that doesn't count as an ally because the city is a Sigmar. You don't get any of that. Um, you can only field this army that includes the following keywords, Darkling Covens, Order Serpentis, Scourge Privateers, and Shadow Blades. So it's literally everything that made up an old Dark Elf army. And then Perfect. Well, it's like, well, wait, where's the Daughters of Cain? Well, they have the Temples of Cain rule. Um, so one in every four units in a harder Kiron army can be a Daughters of Cain unit. They gain the Cities of Sigmar and hard Kiron keywords. And in addition, you can have a Daughters of Cain priest, which is your hags on foot or on cauldron. Uh, and I think the Slaughter Queen is a priest too. I don't remember. Uh, to attempt the incitement to murder prayer in addition to the other prayer that they can attempt. So Okay. It pretty much lets you build what used to be an old Dark Elf army. Um, and then Harkiron has to be from Akshi because it is the city formerly known as Anvil Guard. Um, the incitement to murder prayer is if it's successful, you pick one friendly Harkiron unit holy within 12. Um, I think you have to roll a 2 plus a 3 up or something to get this going. Okay. Think? Where's the value? On which one are we talking about now? Uh, incitement to murder under Temples of Cain. If it's if a prayer is successful, it doesn't have a value. Um, it should be a two or a three. Yeah. Okay, here it is. Uh, in your hero phase, you can pick a prayer that the Model knows and roll a die. And on a one-up, she takes a mortal wound. On a two-up, nothing happens. And on a three-up, it goes through. So there it is. It's on the War Scrolls for the priests in the Daughters of Cain War Scrolls. Aha. Uh-huh. See, there we go. So it goes off on a three. Cool. And what else do we got here? So for the incitement to murder, uh, you pick a here on unit holier than 12. Until the start of the next hero phase, if the unmodified hit roll for an attack is a six, um, that scores two hits instead of one, and you make a wound or save roll for each hit. So it's just exploding sixes to get additional hits. Um, this is bananas on like a unit's executioners, because if they roll a six to hit, I believe they get a mortal wound, um, and, and then they would get another hit. So. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty nice. Um, and then they have the command ability, uh, make an example of the weak. So pretty much you pick a friendly Hark here on unit, holier than 12 of a Hark here on hero. One model is slain from that unit, but you do not need to take battle shock tests for Hark here on units, holier within 18 of the unit that you shanked somebody out of. It's the Anvil Guard command ability. Uh, there's no difference. Okay. Makes sense because they're still in, in. Okay. Yeah. Um. So they have a couple of unique command traits, including uh, adding one to the general's wound characteristic, and in addition, you get to heal a wound every hero phase. Well, every one of your hero phases. So that's pretty nice. Um. The general can attempt to use the incitement to murder prayer as if they were a priest. So oh, that's that pretty works. Cool. 
Um, and then the other one is to make them a wizard. And if they're already a wizard, they get a one extra spell attempt. Oh, there you go. So, I mean, I'm probably going to be taking Bathed in Blood or Murderous Zeal. But you can only have one uh, priest ca- uh, pray for incitement to murder. So, um, But he's not a priest. He just says he can do it in the same manner as a priest. So can he do it? Ah, fair. Yeah, no, it's off the keyword. No, you're correct. Uh, look at that. Oh, my God, I knew a rule. Somebody mark no, this you down. Just read better. Oh. Why you always got to be an Eeyore? Why you got to pee on my parade here? I knew a rule. I know I got it right. I know, but I got it right. Because I said, oh, wait, is this this way? Cause, and I was right. I knew it. Mm-hmm. I understood it. Anyway. I got it. Yep. Sure. Great. Um, <sighs> can never be happy right. for me. No, I can be, just not in this case. <laughs> so um, they have a couple of unique artifacts. So they have the one from Akshi, but the three neat ones that they have is Life Taker. So this is a throwback, very far throwback to a magical repeater crossbow. Um, but in your shooting phase, you get to pick an enemy within 36 that the bear can see. On a 3 to 5, they take a mortal wound, and on a 6, they take D3. Mm-hmm. That, it, it, mm. I'm, I'm not sure about that one. Um, the Traitor's Banner. Uh, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by missile weapons that target friendly units holy within 12 of the bear all the time. I like this one the best. So far, so good. Yep. Um, and then the Nullstone Vizard, uh, you get to, if the bear is on the battlefield at the start of your hero phase, you're all dying on a five up. You receive an extra command point. So you may get one or two extra command points during the game average. Mm-hmm. If you go the full, if you go the full five. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, and then they have six spells. Which so. are the good ones or are they all good? Um, these are a combination of the spells from Daughters of Cain and Anvil Guard. The big one on here, obviously, is the vitriolic spray. Um, That's so the most expensive. A, That's the one eight-pointer here. Yeah, but you pick an enemy and then six inches of the caster, and until the starting next year of phase, they have a save characteristic of dash. Oh, that's that's crazy. Yeah, so it gets around ethereal because it changes your characteristic, not reduce. Or, oh. or you put it on a fire. Or you put it on. It's in one enemy unit, right? So you could put it on a Archeon or a. Yeah, no, yeah. you totally could, and then pepper them with either uh, crossbows from Corsairs or crossbows from uh, Darkling Coven's. Oh, right. Nice. Yeah, so I mean, obviously it's going to be best through the mirrors, but you with this one, because you don't get the enhanced version of the mirror, um, because that's part of the Ways of the Free People's battle traits, you don't get that with this city. So it has to be within eight. Uh, it follows the normal restrictions of the spell. So it's not as uber as it is in Anvil Guard, but it's still really good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and what else? Um, you get a uh, 
minus one, uh, you pick an enemy unit, and minus one for them to hit rolls for attacks until, you know, for the turn. You got pick an enemy unit and add one to wound rolls when you target them. Yeah. So a lot of basic so, I mean, stuff going on here. But it's good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of good spells in here. Uh-huh. Uh, Steed of Shadows, I remember that name from the old game. Flying and move 16. Um... For seven points, even Shadow Daggers is good. On a seven, pick an enemy unit w within nine inches and do D6 mortals. I mean, it's D6. Like, I mean, I know it's still random, but a lot of this stuff will be like D3. This one's D6 mortals. Yeah, and obviously you cast that through the mirror. It's a lot better. Oh, see, dumb. That's It's not... That's it's this, not oh, dumb because the mirror has more restrictions in Harkiron. Shadow Daggers and Vitriolic Spray are both in Anvil Guard. Oh, okay. So, in Anvil Guard, you get to do the enhanced version of the mirror with these two spells. <laughs> okay. I like this. This seems mm -hmm. like a lot of fun. There is a lot of cool stuff they've just added to... And these are city... Did Cities of Sigmar need more variety is my only question. And I'm yes. not... Did, oh, okay. I thought it Hard had a... stop, yes. I thought it had a lot of variety. I thought it had a lot of cities and stuff. It had six cities. Um, and people only play but, one? Well, you play the Hallowheart spell spam. Um, I personally think Anvilgard is one of the stronger ones for cities. And then Hammerhall or Living City. Like, there's lists there, but... You were very limited in what a lot of those cities got benefits from as far as like your collection specifically of models. Uh, so having more options is always a good thing. And honestly, the dark, the old Dark Elf stuff kind of got left in the lurch um, of all of the factions. Like they got no battalions um, outside of the Charwind Rangers, which is the Corsair Battalion for Anvil Guard. Um, they're not featured in anything else. They're just kind of left dangling in the wind. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. Okay. So this is good then. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Um, this is everything for Cities of Sigma, right? Yes. All right, so let's take a break. It's due. Mm -hmm. Let's take a break real quick, and when we come back, we will uh, look at Stormcast, because I think they're next. Grognards. That's right, friends. Grognard Games in Roselle, Illinois, and at grognardgames.com. They are now open daily from 12 to 7 for your gaming pleasure. Now, if you want, you can go into the store, find what you need. Not comfortable going into the store, even with a mask on? Call them up for curbside pickup. Or order online at grognardgames.com. They've got what you need. They've got Warhammer. They've got Dungeons and Dragons. They've got Marvel Crisis Protocol. They've got Battletech. They've got a huge pre-owned section. And you can find it on grognardgames.com or in the store. Now, you can't play in the store right now. Still got to have social distancing protocols. And if I got to stay more than six feet away from you, probably can't play a game of Magic 
probably going to be pretty difficult to play a game of Warhammer either, but you can still get all your hobby needs met at Grognards. Because as the world starts to reopen and your hobbying starts to take off again, you know you're going to need stuff, and you can find it at Grognards. And why? You know why. Because there's always something happening at Grognards. Hi, we're back. That's all yes. I'm doing. I figured with the ridiculousness of the last commercial break, like let's just come back and do the show. So here we are. Sure. Um, okay. So now we've got uh, Deepkin and Stormcast, and I'm excited to see what happens for the Stormcast. I, I'm a big fan of the Stormcast needing needing something. Like I am a big proponent of. The, they got like everything and they don't do anything super sweet. Like that's just no, my that's just, that's just my opinion. Is I think they're the coolest army. Uh, I just got bored with painting them. But seriously, it's like they came out first. They're supposed to be the poster boys. They're supposed to be Sigmar's finest. I mean, I, I Harrison's Harrison's elf army has the same save as Stormcast in all their armor. Like it's bananas how I, I just you look at the Stormcast, and they, they just... There's nothing that they seem to really just smash face with. Like, they're, they're just... It's not... There's... Uh, how do I want to say this? They've got all these units, and they're still... I, I guess you would call them mid-tier. Am I, cor- am I wrong with this? Because that's how it feels to me. I mean, I know I don't go to tournaments. I mean, nobody goes now, but I don't go generally. Uh, Astral Templars has a Vanguard list that can actually do really well because of their bonuses against monsters in the right meta. Um, the Anvils of the Heldenhammer with their command ability to uh, fight in to fight or shoot in the hero phase is a big deal. Okay. If you do the one drop uh, Vanguard Battalion because then you just max out the long strike raptors and they just pick off something okay so they've got a few like there but that doesn't lists. sound all they that ha- fun they have a few and then gavriel Sherhart uh used to be a thing for hammers of sigmar with sequiturs um dropping in and charging or evocators or whatever um but the thing is it's like stormcast never like outside of a few builds they never really went anywhere so this is what Stormcast should have been uh, when they came out, to be perfectly honest with you. Okay, so let's go over this and tell us what this is. Like, what, how is this? The, let's go over some of the rules and then tell the audience and um, your co-host, like, where the difference is and what makes this what they should have been. So it says uh, if you're going to be Stormcast, you can also be a Stormkeep army. And if you do decide you're a Stormkeep, uh, then... Um, you have to use the Celestial Sentinels battle traits instead of Legends of the Living Tempest battle traits from the Stormcast Eternal book. It's still a Stormcast Eternal army for the purposes of other Allegiance abilities. But just the the battle traits you got to take from here. So let's see. Their battle traits are uh, Stormhosts. Uh, you can give it a Stormhost keyword. You can be 
Hammers and Sigmar, Hallowed Knights, Celestial Vindicators, Anvils of the Helden Hammer, Knights Excelsior, Celestial Orbringers, Tempest Lords, or Astral Templars. So that's the same as all the other ones, am I correct? Yes. Okay. It's the same as all the ones in the Stormcast book. Right. Uh, they also have Shields of Civilization. Add one of the bravery of friendly Stormcast turtle units when they are wholly within 12 inches of any friendly Liberator units. In addition, at the end of your movement phase, you can pick any friendly Liberator units that did not move and were not set up in that phase, and they can stand fast. If you do so until your next movement phase, add one to hit rolls for attacks made by these units and add one to save rolls for attacks that target those units. Ho! Oh, okay. So wait a minute. Anyone who's near the Liberators gets more brave? Yes. Um, and, just, and Liberators are wholly within 12 inches of themselves. I'm assuming that they... Uh-huh. Okay. And if they didn't move and were not set up that phase, they can stand fast until your next movement phase, plus one to hit. So if they don't move in the movement phase because they're ready to do they could still charge that's not move that's not in the movement phase they can still get into battle if they if you're in the middle of combat are you you're not moving you during can the stand move, you can choose to do this okay plus one to hit and plus one to save so their four up armor becomes three up armor with rerolling ones if you have shields rerolling ones if you have shields and plus one to hit. And so it puts the hammers to hitting on threes, hitting on twos, twos if they're if fighting something for Lalo the Tyrants. Wow, suddenly Liberators are sweet again. Yeah. Suddenly you can actually take... See, because that was what finally that that's what broke it for me was when when uh, when they came out with the Night Haunt and the Stormcast box. The I was quarters, yeah, like I was auto replacing Liberators. Right, I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my god, this is coming out. It's got the two armies, I, uh, the Night Haunt I want to play and the Stormcast I already play. And I started playing Night Haunt exclusively from there on in because I was just like, ugh, more stuff that makes everything I have junk. I like this. Yep. Okay, so what else do we got? Uh, mortal auxiliaries. I'll, let me take this last rule, and then you could take the battalions, okay? Well, there's more rules to cover, but oh. we'll come back to that. Oh. Okay. Uh, no, do the mortal auxiliaries. Okay. Uh, one in every four units in a storm keep can be a Cities of Sigmar. Oh. Add one. Okay, so one in every four units can be a Cities of Sigmar unit. Plus one bravery of those units while they're wholly within 12 inches of a Liberator unit. In addition, you can pick a when you pick a unit to be benefit from any command. Oh, okay. So basically, you could bring in a Cities of Sigmar unit and they count like Stormcast, like for all their rules and all their command abilities and all that stuff. Mm hmm. Nice. And then there's a designer's note. This rule allows you to use a Stormcast here. Eternal's hero to issue a command to a Cities of Sigmar unit instead of or as well as a Stormcast Eternal's unit. Note that you cannot use a Cities of Sigmar hero to issue commands to Stormcast Eternal units. This, yeah. Dude, this, this is great. This yeah. is really awesome. So, the other thing to consider is that they still get the lightning strike. 
Okay. They also get the allegiance abilities for each one of these storm hosts if you dedicate. So, like, if you took a storm keep for, anv- for Anvils of the Heldenhammer, you can pick a unit of Cities of Sigmar stuff to shoot or fight in the hero phase. That's like the new thing, it seems like, at least in this book. There's a lot of that, and those are like the strong command abilities, but this also unlocks like the different artifacts for Stormcast, um, because you can take those in this army instead of like Cities of Sigmar, so you can take all those different things. You have multiple battalions to pick from to make that a thing. Very cool. Okay, cool. Uh, so what other rules were there that I missed? Or did you no, say there was... just a bucket of additional rules you get from the Stormhost keywords. Okay. But those were already rules in the Stormkeep. I mean, that was already there. But if you take a Stormkeep, you've still got all of that plus this. Mm-hmm. Cool. I really like this. I really like this. Yeah, this is what Stormcast should have been. Ugh. This, this? Because this actually puts together, like, the concept of a crusading army from Azir, where it's a combination of mortals and Stormcast doing even, mortal and Stormcast stuff. Even if you don't use too many Stormcast, it's got a bunch of liberators doing what they were supposed to do according to the book, dropping in, mm-hmm. being the... Being the, the you know, the, the main line of attack. These are the, the your, your basic Stormcast who are getting the job done. Mm-hmm. Nice. Wow. Instead this, of hitting people with nerf hammers. This, oh, this makes, oh, this would, this would actually tempt me into trying to buy my old army back. Because I got a lot of liberators. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is cool. Okay. All right, should we go over, quickly go over some of these battalions they've got? Well, they have five. So okay. This is a big one. Um, the first one is, like, all the different characters um, that cannot be monsters, so no Star Drakes in this whole process. It's a Lord Celestine and then two to five other Stormcast heroes. And at the start of your first hero phase, roll a die for each hero and from the battalion and add three to the roll if your hero is a if your hero is the one you're rolling for and on a five up, you get an extra command point. So you get a command point for taking the battalion and then you take up to six potential rolls to get more command points. And one of them actually goes on the two up. Correct. So on average, you'll net about two additional points from this battalion. Okay. That one's quick. That's good. I mean, that's good, right? Yeah. No, it's not bad at all. Um, especially since like Stormcast armies are now very dependent on command abilities um, and command points because most of their command abilities only last until the end of that phase. Okay. um, The Storm Tower Garrison is a Vexilors. That's the banner guy. Uh, Two to four Liberator units, one to two Paladin units, and then one to two Justicar units. And the Justicars are the shooters. Right. Um, For this one... They get to use the Shield of Civilization rule um, for the Paladin and Justicar units while they're wholly within 12 of Liberators from the Battalion. So that's the plus one to hit rules and plus one to save rules. 
So it makes your paladins go from a four up to a three up and actually makes them like able to take a hit. Wow. <laughs> and your shooters too. Yeah, the shooters go up to twos to hit. Um That's... for the cross for the skybolt bow. And most of the time they don't need to move after the first turn. So right. So you got your elites yeah, doing stuff, good. and you can actually leave some liberators to hold something and put some justice stars behind them to have them fighting. And you could actually use the liberators as a shield wall to protect, as they were intended. Oh, Yarp. my God. Okay. Uh, I'll read this, and then you tell me why it's cool, because I'm, or maybe, maybe I'll figure it out myself. Well, let's see. Stormkeep Patrol. Lord Veritant, a unit of Griffhounds, and two Redeemer or Justicar units in any combination. After armies is set up, but before the first battle round begins, you can remove the units from this battalion from the battlefield. If you do so, then you must set up the Lord Veritant from the battalion anywhere more than 9 inches from enemy units, and then set up the other units wholly within 12 of him more than 9 inches from enemy units. So at the beginning of the game, you lay this out, and if you decide, you can just grab the entire battalion and drop it 9 inches away from the enemy. And twelve in, and all within twelve inches of of the 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 hero. That's mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yeah, it definitely that's, lets you play the shell game. That, um, uh, and if you think about the units that are in this battalion, they have guns. So, but question. Um, yeah. Stormcast have that whole drop on drop down on the lightning rule where you could put one in the sky, right? Yeah. And you have to put one in the sky. You can, you can only put them in the sky to drop men, you know, one per unit on the table. So I place this battalion, which is four units on the table. I could put four in the sky. And then before the game starts, I could jump these guys forward and do exactly the same rule as if I had them in the sky. Okay, time out. Um, I was wrong. Um, you do not get the lightning strike ability with this army. Oh, you don't? Because it, I double-checked Oh, it. that's right, because um, they're not coming from Azir. They've had all their... They've had all their contact cut off. They haven't been able to get through to anybody. Yeah, this is when they're on the ground. Um, so, it's... They don't get the drop. They don't get the shock and awe. Um, so, that's why... Oh, man, Seer, and you thought... Ah, oh, man, you had me thinking I was clever, figuring out the, the things... But I double checked it because I've been. I just. It sounded right when I said it, but then when I double checked it, I'm like, no, I was wrong. So, no, you don't get the lightning strike. Okay, because that would be awesome. Put four units mm-hmm. on the table, put four up in the air, and then jump the four forward, and then drop the other four in. So, well, then this actually isn't bad though, because this this sort of replaces that lightning strike a little bit. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but that's not bad. Oh, boy. No, so this... Okay, then you have the Stormkeep Brotherhood and Venbrex Black Watch. Um, Which one do you... Uh, you want me to take this short one, I guess? This one seems like a lot of stuff. So, just for posterity's sakes, the Redeemer Conclave is Liberators and um, Sequiturs. What are we talking about? For those about? that don't know what... For the Stormkeep Patrol, um, where it says Redeemer oh. or Justicar, 
um, that is, uh, the Redeemers are sequiturs and liberators, and the Justicars are castigators, which are the big crossbow sacrosanct guys. Oh, okay. And then the shooters. Or okay. the uh, adjudicators. So, okay. the Stormkeep Brotherhood is a warden of the Stormkeep War Scroll Battalion, which is the first one. Three or more Storm Tower garrisons, which is the second battalion we did, and then at least one of the Stormkeep patrols. So you basically the Stormkeep Brotherhood is minimum five of the of the battalions we just talked about, and then itself, so it's six battalions. Okay, and then zero to three of the following Warsful battalions in any combination: Hailstorm Battery, Thunderhead Brotherhood, Hammer Strike Force, or Vanguard Wing. So you've got one. So you've got at least six battalions in this, up to nine. And the ability for this is you can add one to wound rolls for attacks made by models from this battalion that target enemy units that are wholly or partially within your territory. You just added plus one to wound. Okay, on armies that are already getting plus ones to hit and plus one to save. Now we're adding plus one to wound if you want to take this monstrosity of an army. Because this is way... You're not playing this in any way but narratively, no. right? I mean, it's it's got to be a bajillion points. It is. I mean, you're paying... Let's see, 60 for the Brotherhood. Hold on real quick. I got to do this now. And that makes no, 190. Don't. I do. No, uh, you don't. That's 330. And then three of the Storm Towers... 330 and 40. That's like 800 points of battalions. Not including all mm-hmm. the models you got to put in it. So yeah, that this is that would be fun. <laughs> that would be fun. I'll play my I'll play my uh legions of or I'll play my night haunt um super battalion against this one. See that I would love to do. Can I I mean I would love to play two of these super battalions in like a huge game. I think you say that every time I know we do the show because there's come on, this is cool. I mean, come on, agree with me, Alex. Yeah, that would be cool, David. Come on, pretend like you like it here. Come on, yeah, Dave, that would be cool, wouldn't it? Playing all these cool battalions with all these extra special rules. Suddenly, you got a whole jacked up super army going. You got like the army you love to play at 2,000 points, but now it's totally cracked out and stupid. And then you play against some other cracked out army, and then it's like Battle of the Crackheads. And everybody likes to watch that because it's fun. Can we edit this part out for the love of God? Ugh, no. <sighs> You're so mean to me. You got to get more. Oh, come on. No. All th- right. All right, all right. I see what you're saying. I got you. Let's just let's just move on. Why don't you take Van Breck's Night Watch, Black Watch, Van Breck's okay, Black Watch? So this, right. So this is the coolest uh, single uh, Stormcast right now. Uh, Kaiser Van Breck to his Lord Veritant, a unit of Griffhounds, uh, one to two units of Judicators, one unit of Castigators, um, and it has to be Anvils of the Heldenhammer. So because Van Brecht is a Anvils of the Helden Armor. Um, so you've got a couple of things. Uh, the first of which is Ever Vigilant. So it's the same thing, pretty much, as the Stormwatch Brotherhood or the Stormkeep Patrol or whatever it is, where you get to uh, redeploy. 
Okay. It's the exact same thing. Okay. Um, the other thing is you get Fiend Slayer. So this is a command trait if uh, Ven Brecht is your army's general. Uh, so when you use his sanction ability, so that's the ability to do uh, mortal wounds to enemy wizards, um, you can pick a Chaos or Death Hero instead of an enemy wizard. Um, and in addition, you get to add one to hit rolls for him if he targets a vampire, vampire keyword, because he's trying to hunt down his lineage. Cool. Yeah. So the big thing is that if you're playing Anvils of the Helden Hammer um, as a Stormkeep, you can uh, take essentially Venbrex and a Stormkeep Patrol and get two of these. So this way, like almost your entire army can play the shell game. Uh, that's that's actually pretty cool. Right, and then the command ability for Anvils of the Helden Hammer is to make units fight. So you get a lot of flexibility just in how that plays. Uh, you do have to take battle line because none of these units are battle line. So, like the Stormkeep Patrol, you can do liberators or sequiturs as your battle line. Actually, just liberators. Um, so you could do that as a Stormkeep army. Um, get two units in there, and then have your like combat one, have your shooting one with Venbrecht. So, just something cool. Yeah. I'd play it like I said. I this is this is fun. This is where the fun begins. All right, so why don't we talk a little bit about the Deepkin then before we take our last break and come back and talk about the little bit about chaos. There is a bunch of stuff here. Let's see. There's one battalion, uh, mm-hmm. four war scrolls, and some new mount traits. Woo! Yes. Mount traits. Is it okay? Is this a big deal? Before I go, oh yeah, okay. Um, do we want to talk about the mount trains after we talk about all the cool stuff, all the cool war scrolls, and then we can go um, back. We and can do the deep mare mount trait. Um, okay, and then when we get to the Leviathan, we'll do his mount trait there. Okay. Um, so for the deep mare, so this is only kings. So that's a Achillean king or Voltornis. Okay. So the first of which is um, if you if the roll for this model's deep mare horn ability is a six, um, so that's when it, this model completes a charge move. You roll a dice on a two plus, it does uh, d three mortal wounds. If you roll a six, it does d six instead of d three. So okay, uh, savage ferocity. You add one to the attacks characteristic for its fanged jaws and lashing tails. So it's essentially plus two attacks on the deep mare. Okay. Which is pretty cool. And then the last one though, void chill darkness, um, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by enemy models that are within three inches of it. That that's, that's awesome. Just hard stop. It yeah, doesn't matter. That's if you're really good. The king. It's just your minus one to hit because his, because his deep mare is just, is just a maniac. Is that basically what it is? It's kind of hard to it's hit him. It's because he's cold. Oh, it's, it slows you down. Oh, yes, I like that. Get chilly. Yeah. Cool. That's very cool. So, 
Yeah, just a little extra stuff because like the Drakoths have traits. Like a lot of the other mounts that have come out can take all these extra traits, and the Deepkin didn't get that at the time that uh, their book came out. Cool. Well, so. t- let's take the opportunity to fix that then. I guess that's a good yep. idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you only get, and obviously they're like anything else. Uh, you get one for your army, and if you have a battalion, you get another one. Now, um, so okay, okay. So, and this doesn't. This doesn't detract from you getting Actually, a, the other out. stuff. What? No, you only get one deep mare trait. Period. It doesn't have the inclusion for additional battalions. Okay, for leviadons you can get extra ones. Yes, but for the deep mares you can't. Oh, okay. So you get one deep oh, mare no, trait. That's it. No, I read that too quickly. Um, if you can choose one extra hero or leviadon to have a mount trait, so. For each War Scroll Battalion. So it's the same thing. Oh, okay. I just read it wrong. Okay. Well, now we know. There you go. You knew yeah. the rule. You figured it out. So let's see. Uh, sharks got changed. How... They got changed a lot. They got changed a lot. Okay. Let's go over what they can do, and then you could tell me why they're so much better. Okay? Okay. So for starters, they're plus two move flat. They used to be move 12. Now they're move 14. Okay. That's the step profile um their harpoon launcher picked up an extra attack so it went from three to four attacks and it picked up a rend of one uh compared to dash um the net launcher is the same thing one attack three by three no rend damage three but it has the entangled rule so a unit that has been hit by any any attacks made with a net launcher cannot pile in so they the don't actually time. have to be wounded or take the wound. They just have to be hit because it's a net. You might not have gotten damaged. Yeah. You might not have gotten anything, but you're still in a net. Okay. Right. So on a three up, you essentially pick a unit to not pile in. Nice. Just ping. Um, and that is a big deal, especially with how deep can play. Um, they can not They can deliver a hit, but they cannot take one. So if you're preventing guys from piling in on you, that means that you're squishy shock troops are actually going to survive. Yeah. Um, All right. So that's pretty nice. Um, They're barbed hooks and blades. Um, This actually got better because it used to be five attacks, threes by fours. It's now six attacks, threes by threes. Um, Okay. They lost their fins attack, uh, but they picked up uh, two additional bite attacks at threes by threes, ren two, damage two. It used to be one attack, three by three, rend one, damage three, or rend two, damage three. So quite a bit more potential um, for output. In addition, uh, you get to add one to the attacks characteristic of this unit's ferocious bites if it's within three inches of any enemy models that have wounds allocated to them or um, has a model that has been slain out of that unit in that turn. So they essentially go up to four attacks on the bites, which is awesome. These are really nice. No more reason to take them. They went up ten points a shark. There you go. There you go. Suddenly, all those sharks you had, Alex, are going to pay off. I have three. The only issue is all of them have harpoon launchers and no nets. Oh well. Take the harpoon launchers then. Yeah. No, the harpoons are still good, but for like control purposes and like really getting the most out of it the nets are where it's at so you need to go buy but three more sharks i'm not buying more sharks 
You're not going to buy more sharks. Don't you need more I'm sharks? I'm done now? adding to that army. Oh. Well, can, we wanna, can you get the harpoon launchers off and put on net launchers? I would have to cut them off, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if the option is there, I'm just asking questions. I'm not saying. No, no, you're right. I'm just saying. Yep. All right. So then we got the aspect of the sea and the storm. You own the storm. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. So these guys are 10 bravery, 12 wounds, 3 up save, 12-inch move for the storm, 10-inch move for the sea. Any of that different? Uh, no. No? I don't not really? So. Okay. Uh, now if we're going to take the storm, the storm's got a bunch of attacks. Um, we'll go over that. It can fly, and it's got several rules. Um the spear has got four attacks, threes by twos, two ren, two damage. That's pretty good. His hook is also four attacks, threes by twos, one ren, one damage. So, not, you know, this it's called the spear of repressed fury. You know it's going to be hit a little harder than the cull hook or cruel hook. Sorry. And then the sharp fangs. What are the sharp fangs? It's all the fish that are. All the fish that are in the them. big wave with him. 2d6 yep. fish attacks. Fours by fours, no rend, one damage. That's still, there's a lot of potential for damage here. The big thing is that they clarified that the Storm Shoal is a mount for purposes, so you cannot like put an artifact on that thing. For Because you know, like how you pick a bearer's attack to get a bonus or whatever? Right. You just can't pick the sharp fangs. It has to be either the spear or the hook. Okay. Would you want to pick the sharp fangs? Oh, I suppose if it could do something. If it's one of those things that does like a mortal wound on a six. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, what else? Um, crashing upon the foe. Heal D3 wounds after it makes a charge move. Add one to the attacks and damage characteristics of the spear if it made a charge move. And it can still, re- oh, it, and this guy can retreat and charge because he's moving in like the waves. Aha. Yes. Retreating and charge is kind of awesome. So basically on his turn, he even if he's in the middle of a battle, he can if he can do it, he can pull out and jump back in to get healed three, up to D3 wounds and plus one attack and damage on the spear. So it's five attacks, threes by twos, two rend, three damage. When he charges. Nice. Yeah. Um, this guy, he was always one of those like bubble things because he does do a lot of damage, but um, he was just really expensive for what he did. Uh, this version is much better. And then the turn that you get run and charge, um, so that's flood tide. Um, this guy can retreat, run, and charge. So... He's got a lot of tactical flexibility on those turns. Wow, he could pull out from a battle, go move around, and then go to a completely different battle. Okay. Um, well, because he's a hero, too. He can move 12, he can auto-run for 6, and then charge. So he can be somewhere completely different. Right. Um, plus one for a wound rolls for friendly deepkin holy within 18 inches. Is that new? Uh, that is a modification it used to be um re-roll ones and to wound while they were within well, uh, well did he always wound on twos he always wounded on twos so re-rolling ones was i mean this is a bit of a nerf for him personally is it not for him personally it is 
Okay. See, I look at this. I understand how the game works now. I played a few games. Oh, my goodness. What's happening to me? For a lot what of is the deep stuff happening? that was taking him, you would be constantly re-rolling um, wound rolls for them, um, and it just dragged the game out. Now it's just a flat plus one, so it makes the math a lot easier. Uh, yeah, it does make it easier, but he is not doing twos re-rolling ones anymore because one is still a... Yes, yeah, I mean the spear. Um, I suppose is the, the same profile. The hook is actually a different profile than what it used to be. I suppose um, also if you had it used a, to be hits twos and threes. There are things that get minus one to wound, like little spells or little things you can take. That right. okay, it's minus one to wound me. So that plus one to wound counts on him. So if you had put a minus one for something on him to wound, he's still wounding on twos because of this rule. Am I correct? Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look, I know things. You want to take the math land uh, oh, of the sea? Oh, we're not done? Oh, that's right. He's got spells. Look at me. I'm jumping ahead. I'm no. getting so excited. Oh, that's not a spell. What is the that? The aspect of the storm has a few other rules. Um, so at the start of the combat phase, you get to pick an enemy hero uh, with a wounds characteristic of eight or less. That's within three inches of him. Um, and you add one to hit rolls for attacks made by him or made by this model that target that hero. It used to be the hero that he picked was minus one to hit. Oh, so it used to be minus one to hit. It, now it's plus, okay. Hmm. So basically so I, when he flies into a character, he's hitting and wounding on twos with both of his weapons. That's great. This guy is good. He is very good. Three up um, save, 12 wounds. He can fly. He's got all these attacks. He can heal and, D3 wounds every time he charges in. And he's got a five up after the fact. And he's got a five up ward save. Mortal and, and regular. New. Wow, this guy's great. You know what would go great with him? The aspect Healed. of the sea. See, because you, yeah. you got the storm and the sea. Now... If if I had one of these armies, I would totally want to have one of each. What about you, Alex? What are you thinking? I think... would just rather have one storm. Okay. Okay. Um, we'll leave it at that. Mainly because I don't want to paint another one. Uh-huh. Okay. You contrast. No, it wouldn't match. It doesn't have to match. One's the storm. Yes, it does. One's the sea. Even their one pictures, they don't match. match. They don't match. Look at the match. pictures. They don't. Look at the pictures right The skin right color has to match. The armor color has to match. I'm telling you, I'm looking at the pictures here, and they don't match because one is the sea and one is the storm. They got different everything. They're two different elves, dude. Telling Those are you. two different elves. And if, you just, if you're telling me that all elves look alike, that's racist. I'm just saying. Can we edit that part out? Why, <laughs> why do you keep saying that? I can't imagine why, Dave. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, I amuse me. And heck, somebody should be laughing on this show. Here we go. Can you take the C and tell me what's so what's so not as good but still pretty cool about the C? No, he is good. Okay. Um, I just want the punchy one. Uh, so he also has the Storm Shoal. So that's the five up after the fact save. Right. Um his profile really hasn't changed as far as uh, his weapon options. Um, Dormant Energies is a role that he had uh, in his last 
incarnation, but it just did for casting and dispelling roles. This time it includes unbinding for, uh, or no, it's casting and unbinding. And then it was dispelling was the addition to cover endless spells. Um, it's like you can reroll casting, dispelling and unbinding for this model. But if you didn't do that, you get to heal D three wounds. Um, and that's in your hero phase. So it's not as consistent because you, a lot of times you may want those reroll to cast. Um, whereas the idol on the aspect of the storm, you get to just heal after you charge. So it's less of a choice for the idol on meth for the aspect of the storm. Um, he gets to add plus three bravery to deep kin units that are holier than 18 inches of him. Uh, that's massive. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Cause deep can honestly have like one of their biggest problems is their bravery. It's only six, um, across the board for the most part. So if they lose a couple models, they are going to be running. Does their little, are expensive. That low so. bravery, that low bravery makes them the chicken of the sea, right? Right? Get out. <laughs> Get out. Um, any event. Somebody's so, got to be laughing on this show. Hey, the puns are my job. So. <laughs> I didn't know Get if that was a pun. Lawn. I thought that was a dad joke, but okay. I'm good. What else? Whatever. What else about these guys? So they can cast an unbind two spells, which is pretty cool. Um, they have two unique spells to them. Uh the Seamus cast value six. If it goes off, you pick a friendly deepkin unit or an enemy unit within 12 of the caster that they can see. Um, if you picked a friendly deepkin unit, you heal D3 wounds to that unit. And if you pick an enemy unit, they take D3 wounds. I've, I've so, seen I've seen something like that with the Stormcast. I get that. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Lord Relictor has a prayer situation like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tsunami of Terror. Um you get this cast value seven. If it goes off, you pick up to D six enemy units within 12 of the caster and visible to them. And until your next hero phase, subtract one from hit rolls for attacks made by those units and subtract one from the bravery characteristic. That's, um, that's awesome. If you get a decent yeah. roll on that D six, man, yeah, but it's only 12 inches is the only, but not wholly downside. Yeah. It's, it used to be less units, but at a wider range. Now it's more units at a shorter range. Yeah, but see, but he's still punchy. He's still good. In fact, if you were to take this dude, now he does have one less attack for his trident and his scepter. But if you take this guy and you've got him near the storm, which gives them the plus one to wound rolls. He's hitting and wounding on threes and twos, just like the storm guy is, with the same rend and the same damage, just less attacks, one less attack. These guys together could be vicious. See what I'm saying? I'm not saying run out and buy one. Um. I'm just saying, this is pretty good. Plus, with the re-roll casting and and all of that stuff, and if you don't re-roll, you get your wounds back. I like this guy. Mm-hmm. I and like him a lot. Plus, he can heal himself with a spell. Right. He's healing. If he's not re-rolling, he's healing. And he's got the missile weapon. I 
think these two become a pair. I think this is your yin and your yang right here. I'm taking both of these guys when I play this army next time. Taking them both. We'll see how it works. Keeping uh -huh. them near each other. They're two punchies. But, oh, I like it. I like it. Now let's talk turtles. Let's talk turtles. Uh, now, why don't I, because I have no idea how much this changed. I've, I've only, I've, I actually have played against one turtle, but I annihilated it with retributors before it really got to do anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep, that checks out. Yeah, I, I came in, I rolled a lot of sixes, and I just was like, flip, flap, turtle, soup, gone. Um, that's exact, and I bet I think I, that might have been exactly what I said when I did that, and it was years ago. But it's hard to forget when you say something that dumb. Um, all right, sixteen wounds, ten inch move, six bravery. Its save starts at two, and drops down to five. Um, but not until it's taken. Not it doesn't drop to a three up save until it's got nine wounds on it. So has that changed? Yeah, it used to be a three up to start. Oh, um, and it started to get worse at like four or six wounds. Okay, so it is definitely tougher. All right, first thing first. Substantially yeah, that's that's awesome. Two up save for eight. The first eight wounds. That's great. Three up save until so you it's hit a little better wounds. than two. It's better than yeah, a two no, up save. Right. When we get to the uh, battle traits. Okay. Battle, or wait. to the mount traits. Um, okay. Yeah, so it as soon as it took... Well, it was always a flat three up. It was what it was. Um, its attacks changed. Okay. So, but still, it has a two up save until you take nine or more wounds. That's massive. Yeah, two up save for the first... It's got to be halfway dead before it even drops to three. And you're three quarters of the way there before you get to four. That's That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. All right, so what are we? Uh, harpoon launcher, eight eight attacks, threes by threes, one rend, one damage. Two foot range, is that same? Uh, the rend is new, and it got two extra attacks. Okay, so more attacks, with and now they have rend. Cool. Uh, melee weapons, three of them. The twin prong spear and the razor shell harpoons, six attacks, threes by threes, no rend, one damage. Any change? Yeah, because it used to be uh, two attacks with the spear and then two attacks with the harpoons. So it was just more dice to roll. Uh -huh. um, and if you hit this thing with the uh, Lord, of, Lord of Tides um, or Supreme Lord of Tides uh, command traits, you'd be adding plus one to more profiles. So it just made it cleaner is what it boiled down to. Okay. Uh, massive scythed fins. Four attacks, twos by threes, one rend, starting at four damage and then dropping down to one. That's good too. Uh, yeah, and, and that the first bracket of note is that it has to take nine or more wounds before that fin drops to three damage. That that right that's unusual. I mean that bracket least, is that, new that your bracket is you gotta be halfway dead before any of this stuff drops for all of these. Yeah. That's that's I mean yes it's really good but it's more it's just it's it's surprising cuz no I don't think any of the other I haven't seen any other things that you get halfway dead before it drops most of them drop after three or four wounds. Right. We've seen charts like the mangler squigs where they're 
a bell curve where they start awesome and end awesome, but in the middle they're garbage. Um, Scarbrand gets better the more damage he takes. So we've had the precedent there for like off the charts charts, um, but this one is like the most front loaded of any yeah. of the charts. Yeah, I guess it's that shell. You really got to get through it to get some damage. Okay, and then the crushing jaws, two attacks, starting with twos to hit, but dropping to fives if you get bad. So uh, twos to wound to two ran three damage. This thing's great, and that's just from the basic stuff. I bet you the abilities make it even better. Yeah, that is a hundred percent accurate. Now, are these abilities changed? You want to go through these real quick and tell us what they are and how they've changed? Sure. Um, so we should also note like the scythed fins. Um, actually are better than what they used to be. They hit on a two. They used to hit on a three um, for three damage at the top bracket. Now it's four damage at the top bracket. Um, and then the jaws uh, used to be D6 damage and one attack. Now it's just a flat three damage, but two attacks. So Nice. Cool. Um, all right. The crushing charge is new, so after he finishes a charge move uh, within an inch of an enemy model, you get to roll a die. Not two up, the unit takes D3 mortal wounds, um, but if that enemy unit has a wounds characteristic of one, it takes D6 instead of D3. Oh, wow, that's good. Because it's essentially a living battering ram. Um, the Jaws of Death is a updated rule that it used to have. So now if the unmodified hit roll for a Jaws attack is a 6, it inflicts 3 mortal wounds and the sequence ends. But if you're targeting a monster with the attack, it instead inflicts d- straight 6 mortal wounds instead of 3 on a six, on a modified 6 to hit. Nice. This is <laughs> yeah. No, that turtle's good. Um and then the void drum. This used to be uh, DPN units, uh, while they're wholly within 12 of the turtle, uh, were considered as being in cover. Just hard stop, just your cover. Uh, now it's just add one to save rolls for DPN units uh, that have a wounds characteristic of 8 or less while they're wholly within, a Levi- within 12 inches of a Leviathan. Um, and in addition, you get to add one to hit rolls for Namarty units while they are wholly within 12 of Leviathan. Which are also Ideneth Deepkin. So the Namarty get plus one of their save and... So the Namarty go up to a four-up save. And they would get the benefit of cover for turn one for uh, low tide. So they have a, the Namarty thralls or reavers near them. We get a three-up save turn one a four-up save all other times, um, and then they get plus one to hit with either their bows or their swords. So the swords hit on a two-plus, and the bows hit on, I believe, at the same, a two-up. Oh, no, the bows would hit on a three-up. you got to love this turtle. No, he's great now. So, um, so, let's, so let's say you played Deepkin. You should have some turtles if you play Deepkin, right? I'm just... Not necessarily. Um, there is a better place for the turtle, um, and there's a much better argument for taking one now. Before, it was like I 
just take more eels is really the argument. Um, this combined with his points cost change makes him a much more appealable option to the deep kin list. And if you want some variety and don't just want to be playing just a ton of eels, like you, you kind of want a turtle and maybe the, the storm in the sea, like, you know, I mean, granted this is all these changes, but suddenly it's like, Oh look, I wasn't thinking of that. I wish I had some of those in my army. Wouldn't you agree, Alex? Wouldn't you wish you had some more turtles? No. Okay. I'm just asking. Um, I know. But it does make the turtle a much more viable and much more appealing thing. Um, it is still expensive uh, as a monster that does all this stuff should be. Um, but it also gets mount traits now, which is new. Oh, that's right. Let's go ahead um, and grab those. <laughs> There's a couple on here um, that are a little suspect. Um, the the one that you're not going to talk about as much, um, Denizen of the Darkest Steps, so you add one to the number of mortal wounds inflicted on each enemy unit uh, that's affected by its crushing charge, um, which means it'll inflict a mortal wound on an enemy unit on a roll of a one, where it normally wouldn't do anything. It does an auto one. Other than that, it's D3 plus 1 or D6 plus 1. So, okay, cool. Um, Reverberating Carapace. So it increases the range of the Void Drum from 12 to 15 inches. So it gives you a little extra wiggle room on the bubble. Um, The really gnarly thing is Ancient. So if it gets targeted by an attack with a Ren's characteristic of negative 1, it changes that Ren to Dash. Nice. Yeah. So against most of the attacks in the game, it's going to have a two-up save. Hard stop. And it ignores one rend like all the cool things do. Yeah. So most of the attacks that are going to hit this thing, it will not suffer rend. (laughs) All right. Great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, No, the... They made these four units like a very viable option, whereas before they weren't. Increase the void was just, drum to 15 inches. That seems like a lot. It is, uh, especially if you're going to be taking a lot of an Amarty party. If you're going to be taking eels, it's not so much, um, just because they only benefit from the save. So it does make them more survivable in combat because the void drum used to just give them uh, cover, but if they charged, they wouldn't get the benefit. Now it's just a flat plus one. So the Achillean guards, the ones with the swords and shields, the Ishlands, they have a two-up save turn one if they're within 12 of the turtle. That's unmodifiable by Rend. <laughs> and if you set them up as the closest units to your enemy shooters, they have to shoot the two-up immune to rend eel knights. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. But you so, could also, again, this is this is a real way, though, to play, if you just like, ugh, I'm sick of playing eels, or ugh, I'm hating to be the eel guy, or ugh, only everybody plays eels, ugh. This is a lot of viable ways to bring in all that other stuff into your game and still feel like you've you've got something a little more competitive. Right. Am I correct? 
in that assumption. You are. In one, okay, cool. Cool. Well, let's, uh, you know what, because we're going on forever here a bit, and I'd like to get to the next break and then come back and get the idolaters. And all we've got left in this is the blood, sur- the blood surf hunt, which is the Achillean king, which is Nem- uh, Nemetar. Hey, does he get things for his mount since he's named? Can he take things for yes. his mount? He can take mm-hmm. things for his mount, even though he's named. Yeah, the you can't take artifacts of power for named characters. Doesn't say anything about mount trains. Oh, oh, okay, cool. Uh, and one to two Alaplex, uh, Alaplex units. How many are in an Alaplex unit? One to three. Okay, so you can have anywhere from one to six sharks with him. Yes. Okay. Um. And let's see, what do they do if you take him and his one to two units of sharks? Plus one to hit rolls for made with the barbed hooks and blades by Alapex unit that are wholly within 12 inches of the king. So we're looking at twos to hit now. That's nice. Twos to hit when they're within the king. Uh, in addition, roll a die before you allocate a wound or wardle wound to the king if he's within three inches of any any Alapexes on a two-up. You c- so he gets a lookout, sir, for everything. He gets a lookout, sir, for everything if he's got some sharks around him. And on a two-up, they'll take the damage. Correct. That's nice. Yeah. And if Nemetar is the general, he has the Lord of Storm and Sea Command trait in the Battle Tome Deepkin. What, what's that? What is that? Uh, all Deepkin units wholly within X many inches of him are plus one or two bravery. That's nice. That's not a bad little battalion if you're going to take sharks into dude. Yeah, the only issue is there's a battalion in Deepkin that is two plus units of eels, zero to one sharks, and a turtle. Oh. Yeah. And with this battalion... Um, I mean, does it do the same thing? Because that... No, you get a reroll if you're for every unit once per turn. You get a reroll for a unit from that battalion once per turn. Oh, cool. Um, so, but the big thing is that is a much bigger chunk of your army, so it reduces your drops. Um, and all of the war skulls of stuff in that battalion got better. If you take this battalion and Nemetar is not is your general, then you, because you want a king to be your general to unlock eels as battle line. But if you take this king as your general, um you lock him out of the command traits for like plus two wounds, um, which is a big deal for the Achillean Kings. So it's kind of a trade-off. Okay. That's really what it boils down to. All right. Well, that's the Deepkin. Why don't we take our last break and we'll come back. And uh, when we come back, um, we'll do the the stuff down from the Verinspire, those dudes, and uh, wrap up the show. Are you finally looking to start your rebasing project? Six Squared Studios. 
Are you looking for some new and interesting resin terrain? Six Squared Studios. Are you looking for some fancy acrylic counters to keep track of wounds or maybe some other statistical anomalies? Six Squared Studios. Maybe you need a new rack for your paint? Six Squared Studios. Well, then look no further. What you need is Six Squared Studios. They ship worldwide with domestic shipping for both the U.S. and Canada. Six Squared Studios. That's right, Six Squared Studios. That's the number six, squaredstudios.ca. When your gaming needs go beyond your basic dice, tape measure, models, and paints, think Six Squared Studios. Six Squared Studios. Now all your base are belong from them. And we are back, back, back. We're back. Nice. Sing it up. All right. Um, idolaters. So we've got this, and then we have one battalion, and then we be done. So let's talk about this. If you choose... When you choose a damned legion keyword for Slaves to Darkness from the Battle Tome Slaves to Darkness, you can choose Idolaters. So this is like another faction, just like when you said before with the the different storm, these different storm hosts. Right. This is Idolaters. Okay. So if you take if you make them Idolaters, you get this. Now, um, you already know what this is. is. This a good one? Like, is this something that stands up? Makes something? Is this is this a welcome addition to the Slaves of Darkness book? Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see the battle traits. Blessed of Chaos, add one to pl- prayer rolls for idolater priests. In addition, units in your army with the priest keyword have the leader battlefield role. Now, does that change up um, on your limit of leaders? No, but it makes war shrines leaders. Okay, so if you can take it on a 2,000-point army, you could have, what, six leaders? So if mm-hmm. I took, like I said, actually six leaders, and then I had these other things that just got the extra keyword, that wouldn't put me over the legal limit? No, you can only ever ever have six leaders. That's, that's what I'm saying. By taking the leader keyword, they're filling that slot. It's not like they just right. get it. Okay, okay, so it does. So plus one of the prayer, uh, prayer rolls and priests suddenly become leaders. And I'm just saying, because I don't know the Slaves of Darkness book that well, but I know a lot of the games I play, I, I have several leaders I already take just to make my army pretty good. And if suddenly other things suddenly became leaders and cut down the number I could have, I would be like, oh, no. So that's why I said that. Um, let's see. Um, what else do they got? They got the Panoply of Ruin. Uh, idolater cultist unit have the battle line battlefield role. In addition, when you make a charge roll for an idolater cultist unit, change the lowest die to a six. If it's a double, change one of the dice to a six. Oh, that's actually so. You got a minimum charge of seven. Yeah, uh, the marauders in Slaves to Darkness already have this. Uh, but this will apply for your Marauder horse. The other cultist units are the Warcry Warbands. Oh, so this is for your Warcry Warband Warbands and your and your Cav. Yeah. Okay, so it's not that huge, or am I wrong? Well, it changes uh, the battlefield role because a lot of the but. Uh, 
some of the battle plans will only be scorable by things at the battle line battlefield role um, or the secondary objectives. So like the untamed beast is the big standout because they have a pregame move uh, to get onto objectives. And if they're objectives that can only be claimed by units with the battlefield role, they get on there real quick. Oh, okay. So it is something that's, that's beneficial. Okay. Right. And it's one of those things that if you wanted to max out like all the really big stuff, you could take three units of untamed beasts as your battle line and move on with your life. Okay. Huh. I like the Untamed Beast, too. That's pretty cool. Or the other one, the Iron Golems, where they get to reroll their saves at a four-up if they don't move, I don't. I think is the rule. Um, that is also a big one here to make that a battle line rule, a battle line unit, because... Otherwise, it's just a big blob of nothing, and it contributes really nothing to your minimums or anything like that. But suddenly, in idolators, they get that bonus where they're suddenly a battle line unit. Okay, cool. Uh, let's see, idolater lords upgrade one chaos chariot or Gorby's chariots unit with only one model in your army to an idolater lord. So it's got to be a one. So it's. It's a unit, but it's going to be. It has to be a unit of one, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what I read? Okay. If you do so, he gains idolater, lord, hero, and priest keywords. Um. And by gaining the priest keyword, he gets a battle. He gets. He's a leader, right? Well, he gains the hero and the priest keyword. Mm-hmm. Um. So, the big thing is that he can be your general. He becomes an exalted cha- charioteer, which is the unit champion. If you have like a unit of three or more mm-hmm. of the chariots, um, you can then mark him, and then he gets the uh, traits of either the idolaters' prayers and the generals. Because to be a to get a command trait for idolaters, you have to be a priest as well. Um. So, but he also. I mean, it says he gains lord, hero, priest. But he also gains leader, right? Battlefield role? Because he becomes a priest. No, actually he doesn't. Oh yeah, no, he does. Yeah, That's units right. units with the priest keyword have the leader, battlefield role. So if you turn him into a, a, a you know a chariot lord here and he knows the prayers, then okay, cool. Wow, that so and that's, I mean, that's basically you're making one of your guys this uh, Gresh dude, sort of, aren't you? For, in, in some, you know? Yes. Okay. Okay. Or something similar, because they're, these guys are essentially like the the faithful of chaos. Right. And there's, this is essentially their um, war altar, is the war shrines and then this charioteer. That's cool. I like that a chariot becomes that. It, I, I love the chariots. And nobody ever. You never see anyone take them anymore. I right. used to love it when the beast would take. You have a beastman army come riding out on a ton of chariots. It was just insane. I loved it. So it's. I think mm-hmm. it's. I'm. I'm just glad that they. Uh, that they've got that going on. So. All right. Uh. So what else do we got? We have. Uh, destroy the false idols. Add one to wound rolls for attacks made by uh, idolater models that target a priest. 
In addition, you can use the following command ability. Uh, use it in your hero phase. If you do so, pick one friendly idolater unit that is wholly within 12 inches of a friendly idolater lord and within three inches of a terrain feature that's part of the enemy army. Roll a die. If it's greater than the number of enemy models within three inches of that terrain feature, the terrain feature is desecrated. All scenery rules for a desecrated terrain feature do not apply for the rest of the battle. So this is how you you wreck a, a ship or a, or um. You know, or, a wildwood, or a forge, or an altar, or a uh, bone tithe nexus. Nice. Okay. Um, all right. So that's uh, that's their battle traits. Uh, mm-hmm. c- command traits plus two wounds, minus one bravery for enemies within six. Uh Add or subtract two to the results of the eye, roll on the eye of the gods table. I always go for that one when I would play when I was playing uh, with armies like this. I I don't know why I always do it. I just always go for those when it's uh, when you when you when you have that eye because the eye of the gods table has so many cool things, but it also has so many crazy things. Like up, oh, nope, I need to move. I need to not do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do two prayers instead of one, and you can do the same prayer twice. That that's good, isn't it? It is. Um, once per hero phrase, use desecrate command ability without. So, oh, this one's good too. So you can desecrate once per hero phase without spending the command point. Yeah, the only issue is most of the uh, faction specific terrain has to be. Um, more than 12 inches away from enemy territory and with the next many ranges of board edges or characters. Um, the only ones that are like forward progressing are the Sylvaneth Wildwoods, the Bloomtide Shipwrecks, and then the Bone Tithe Nexus. So this one's kind of hit or miss. Yeah, I guess so because it's got to be... It's got to be a uh, an army specific terrain feature, but I suppose is if you can get close enough to it, and it's something you don't like, especially like those boats where they sit there and they just take up space and you can't get near them. You know, every turn mm-hmm. you get a free shot at it. Yeah, I mean it's still there. It doesn't remove the feature. No, but it takes away it all of the things any, it does, which is it great. Just doesn't contribute rules. Uh, then, the big one to shut off is obviously the bone type nexus. Um, just because that thing impacts so much of the table, whereas the rest of these things are like just bubble effects or shutting off a wildwood is a huge deal. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, in general, I would probably just go with the fiery order because the prayers that they can do is so good. Yeah. Yeah, two prayers instead of one is awesome. And speaking of which, uh, you want to just run through the prayers real quick? Sure. Go so for it. with the Idolator Lord, so that's the guy on the chariot, um, you have to give him a mark, and then you get a mark based, you get a prayer based on said mark. Um, so if you have, and all these are the same, if you pick a friendly unit of the same uh, god mark, wholly within 12 of the model praying, and on a three up, they get the ability. So if it's corn, you get to reroll hit rolls for attacks made by melee weapons. Um, on corn units, on a three up for corn idolators. That's huge. 
Yeah. That is yeah, that's a great. lot of accuracy. Um, and corn tends to hit pretty hard. That's really good. Yeah. Um, for Zinch, you get the reroll save rolls. Most of the Slaves to Darkness stuff, especially the Warriors, have four up or better. So that makes them very tanky. And a Nurgle, you can reroll wound rolls. Oh, That is huge as well. Uh, because there's not a lot of stuff that lets you get bonuses to wound rolls in this game. And with Slanesh, you get a bonus. You can reroll charge rolls. Right. <laughs> so that's essentially. Womp, womp. No, no. That's saving command points. Yeah. But when you look at the other ones, you're just like, oh, ooh, ha. And then this, oh, of course. Yeah, no, it's not as cool, but it's saving command points, even if it's not necessarily like cool and flashy. Um, and then for undivided, you get to heal D3 wounds that have been allocated to a model. That's actually not bad. Especially with like uh, some of the monsters that they have access to um, with Slaves to Darkness. Uh, or if you took Archeon. Yeah. An extra heal on Archeon. Yeah, see, that's pretty good, too. Those prayers are rough, yeah. man. They're hardcore. Mm-hmm. And, and, and your general can do two of them. Oh, if that's... you take that command trait. Yeah, that's so really good. So, essentially, if you have, like, a big monster or something... Um, you can then try to do 2d3 heals yeah. on like a slaughter brute or mutilith. I think the mutilith itself heals, but the slaughter brute, you can try to heal that up to six wounds. Yep. Okay. Hmm. Nice. And then we have one battalion. Last thing in the book, folks, and we're finally oh, they wrapping have, up. Don't they have chimeras, too? Yes, they do. For Slaves to Darkness. Yeah, so that's another good target for a heal. All right, so last battalion. Gresh's Iron Reapers. One idolater lord with a chaos great blade and a lashing whip. That's uh, Rokar Gresh. And two gore beast chariot units. Now, how many can they be up to as well? I think they're also one to three. Okay, so you got uh, two to six chariots going along with this guy. All units must have idolaters and undivided. The idolater lord from this battalion is a unique named character. So uh, the cast great blade used by the lord is attacks has four attacks instead of two and damage D three instead of two. In addition, if the unmodified hit roll is a six, it inflicts D three mortal wounds and the attack sequence ends. So you take this battalion and and your lord gets a big bonus to his weapon. That's I right. Mean, it's a solid bonus. Double the attacks, up to a D three damage, and suddenly sixes do D three mortals. That's not bad. Yeah, it's essentially he's been given a Varanite weapon, so. Nice. I thought they didn't know how to make weapons out of that. They couldn't do it, or it's too hard. They do. It's just not very, they don't make a lot of them. Gotcha. Because it is very hard. Okay, and if Gresh is your general, he's got to have this 
Command trait, uh, profane oratory. At the start of the combat phase, you can pick one friendly slaves to darkness unit wholly within 18 inches and add one to hit rolls for attacks made by the unit you picked until the end of the phase. So plus one to hit for combat, which you probably pick one of these chariot units and just have them go crashing in and doing more damage that way, right? Or knights. Or knights. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, yeah, that'd be a way better choice. Or chosen. Um, <laughs> or basically anything other than the knights or the chariots no, like you the just chariots picked. No, the chariots are good because they have a lot of attacks, especially the Gorby's chariots, but they're not super accurate. This helps fix that problem. So, yeah, I mean, it's not a bad choice at all. Cool. And that's all the, the new rules for this book. This is, there's, if you play one of these armies, this is amazing, right? Am I correct? Like, if you play one no, of these armies. you're ar- absolutely correct. There's so much going on here. Like, I'm excited, and I don't play any of these armies, and I'm excited. Especially, I think I'm. I think I'm most happy for the uh, Stormcast because now suddenly yeah. that they just once again they 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 wrote some rules that played to the lore that we've been reading all this time, and I think that's pretty awesome. All right, um, is there anything you want to add, Alex, before we wrap up and finish here? I uh, no. Um. Obviously, this is the first book um, in a proposed series, so we'll just have to see what comes of it. Um, but for this to be their opportunity to like actively make changes to War Scrolls, um, add additional allegiance abilities for armies, um, this is going to start to shore up a lot of things, I think, uh, for different armies. So this way, like... Especially with the Deepkin, like the Deepkin got the most changes out of anything uh, with regards to War Scroll changes. Um, yeah. But it's, again, taking things that were not necessarily taken and making them a viable option. So being able to adjust on the fly based on the narrative that's going on is actually pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I really kind of like this. I think this is uh, pretty cool. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the next book does. I, I'm in no rush for it. We've still got so many things that we're trying to uh, to to take in here. But boy, this this is a huge shakeup for uh, all the different armies that are in here. I'm 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 super excited for them. So, um, wow. Okay. Uh, I guess that's it then. So, um, the annual Christmas episode coming up next. I'm excited about that. We talk about what's come out over the year. Then we give our uh, our favorites and least favorites of the year. And um, you're getting us a list of what came out this year, right? There's a lot of stuff for, like, the War Cry that came out and a lot of stuff for um, uh, Underworlds, right? For Underworlds. There was just a lot of heavy focus on, like, the Psychic Awakening leading up to 8th edition 40K. Right, right, right. Or right. 9th edition 40K. Um, so we didn't get that many new Battle Tomes. Uh, for this year, but our time in the sun is right now. Yeah, it's going to be definitely if this thing keeps rolling like it like it looks like it's going to roll. But there's still a bunch of, co- bunch of cool stuff. I mean, there's no denying there's a bunch right. of cool stuff. Uh, all right, so let's uh, let's let's wrap this up. Uh, I want to thank the uh, Patreon patrons again. One more time, those people who 
just make all this possible. We cannot ever thank enough, but we try to thank a little bit every show. That includes our associate producers, Dwight Sims, Christopher Sanders, AJC, Opie, and Big Jake, our executive producer, Colin Miller, and our newest patrons, Matthias Kraft and Alex Graham. Thank you all for deciding this show is worth anything. So um, I guess that's it. Hey, Alex, you want to take back that horrible thing you said about the elves, that they all look alike? You just want to, before you get elf offense going on here, you want to walk that back? I mean, I, you play elves. I would think you would be more 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 uh, sensitive to their uh, facial similarities, but I'm giving you a chance here. The way we don't get we don't get uh, you know we don't want to get canceled. You know we don't want to get uh, we don't want people to to come in and and and, and tell us that we that we can't be around anymore ever. And so, folks, until next time, only the faithful will be triumphant. Only the faithful will stand when all others fall. And only the faithful know no despair except in failure. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you've enjoyed the show, maybe consider leaving us a positive review on iTunes or check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash garage hammer. If you'd like to reach us, you can contact us via our email address, garagehammer at live.com. You can also find us on Twitter. David is at garagehammer. And Alex, that's me, is at some kind of geek thirty. Original music by Claire Seabrook. You can find more of her work at SoundCloud.com/slash Claire Seabrook Music. Finally, if you want to join the Garage Hammer community, check out the Garage Hammer Facebook page. And as always, thanks for listening. <laughs>